Welcome once again to the Voices of Wrestling flagship podcast. I'm Rich Preach alongside, as always, the man who is now officially coming to WrestleMania weekend, Mr. Joe Lanza. Joe, what's what, what happened? How was the decision finally made? Listen, it's it's like I told you, I was probably just going to decide spur of the moment and uh, and book a random flight. And uh, I thought I wouldn't do it until like next Thursday when things were already in progress and I was all fired up about it. But uh, I committed a little early and, and I said, fuck it. And I found a cheap flight. And uh, yes, I will be there for WrestleMania weekend, bouncing around five different boroughs and two different states and trying to figure out what the hell uh, you know shows I'm going to go to. But I will be there. Uh, there will be firm handshakes all around. There will be Lanza Lens all around. There will be a firm handshake between Rich Creech and Joe Lanza. Two I know. Men First time ever. Yeah. Who have never met. I, I like uh, there was there was a lot of people saying like, hey, what happens if you guys meet and you hate each other? Which I think would be actually fascinating, too, is if like within five minutes, I'm like, this guy fucking sucks. Like, this guy sucks. Like, I hate Joe. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? And then we just like, you know, we do the podcast forever. And then people what, what people actually do think will happen is we're like, you know, you and I can't stand each other, but we get on here every Thursday and hit record. Like that might actually happen after this weekend. So I'm pretty excited to see uh, how it develops or where you just become kindred spirit because we talk to each other for three hours every week for the last five years. So, yeah, well, you know, maybe we go split brands. You know, and uh, we we've got the, uh, the the red brand of Voices of Wrestling and blue <laughs> brand. And <laughs> well, I'm going to jump into that. Uh, you discovered the other day there's a uh, like a uh, detoxing from Christianity podcast called what is it called Voices of something oh. and they they like stole our logo which is very bizarre like i have to contact them actually maybe don't name the name because then a bunch of people are going to probably get at them so let's not do that like it's yeah, i think yeah. it's enough tough where where they would have to try to find it but yeah you, you just bounce in here with like hey look at this like you know because that's what it was like a detox of christianity right like people that are trying to leave the church how they find their way you know into the world now without christianity is that is that what the show kind of was i didn't listen to it i just saw uh the screenshot that you had brought up it is a podcast about people who are, yes, who are denouncing Christianity and escaping from the church, which sounds like either the worst podcast of all time or the greatest podcast of all time. I can't decide which way I want to go on that, depending the tone that they take with it. But um, but yeah, it's called Voices of, and I can't remember. That's fine. <laughs> it's probably better that we don't. I don't want to ruin their their lives. So but it may it, have just been a happy accident. It may have been. I, it, I don't know. I don't. I don't. I want to hear him out on it first because it may have just been an accident. Rich, but, uh, I don't know. It's, it's our logo. It is pretty close. Yeah, it's our logo and our font and our color scheme. How can this be a total coincidence? It's the same exact font and logo and colors. What are the odds? And it's voices of. So come on now. These people clearly ripped us off. And if Jim Ross is going to come at us, I think we need to go at these guys. Yeah, well, let's see. So, that, but no, I want to st- I want to keep it as an option in case I have to bounce over there um, after our, our after we meet up uh, next week. But yeah, it is it is our exact font, which is like Avenir, which isn't like a very super like rare font, but it's also not like a super ba- like you know what I mean. Like it's not a font that I think everybody would would just know offhand. And it's like our same colors and our same kind of layout and stuff. It is it is certainly close. I I, I want to at least hear them out on it, but uh, yeah, it is it is it is strange to me to be sure but yeah i'll join in that podcast if you and i have to do split brands or whatever so i'll be on the the voices of uh i, I found the name but i'm not gonna say it because i don't want people to like harass them well, they're, gonna, they're gonna find it now it's probably not too hard yeah but yeah. i don't want to be the one that i don't want to make it seem like we you know sent a mob to them to, to to you know find out the answers here but uh yeah we're gonna finally uh give you you know the firm handshake uh will happen uh you have promised it'll happen either on the lands of lens or uh we'll probably post it on twitter so, somewhere like that. Whoa, whoa, it, it will whoa, be whoa, somewhere whoa 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 
I made no such promise. I never promised that this handshake would occur on a lens of lens or on Twitter. I've well, never- it really should though. I mean, that that's good content though. But as you know, I am anti-paparazzi. I don't like to be photographed. So this poses a problem, my friend. I never promised that this handshake would be for public consumption. Now, oh, that's true. Maybe it have to be like a real tight shot, like <laughs> just just our hands, so that you know your face is blurred out or whatever. Like you you pass the phone off to somebody, someone Perhaps. we trust, to zoom in just on our hands to see how firm the shake is. But that's all they know. Now, I am willing to add an additional tier to the Patreon. Oh Jesus, <laughs> you are the biggest whore in the world. Well, how now, much are you going to charge this tier? I, I like it. I'm, I'm, I'm interested. Keep going. See, now let's see. Yeah, didn't, <laughs> take too much, didn't take too much convincing. No, I really didn't. Yeah. It's a big moment. So I say we had a $30 tier. <laughs> Patreon. Christ. And exclusively to the $30 oh, subscribers, God. they will get a photograph and even, and even a moving picture, some video moving picture. What is this, the 30s? <laughs> Talkie. And, is it gonna be a talkie or what? <laughs> if it that flicker sound going yeah. in the background, you know? Um and, and even potentially video of the handshake, and we will put that uh up on a I listen, I'm just spitballing here. Maybe a thirty dollar tier. You think that's too high? I don't know. I think we could listen. I'm gonna have to crowdsource this. Yeah, I'm gonna have to crowdsource this to see what people are willing to pay for, for Rich, this uh, monumental moment here. I put my wedding behind a paywall. You, <laughs> you really did. Yeah, you have no sh- I love that. Like, I, I remember the day you got married, I, I, my phone just randomly pops up with, like, a message from you on, on, on Slack, and it's like a link. And I'm like, what the hell? You're like, this is the link to the video of my wedding. Put it up. And I was like, you monster. Yes. Like, like, it had just happened, like, an hour ago, too. Like, you had gotten that link. It was just like, boom, here, put this up immediately. <laughs> an hour ago? I was walking out of the chat. <laughs> I was like, good <laughs> God. <laughs> She's like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, this "Poor I'm, woman." Does she did she know that it was happening? I'm like, "Listen, I'm putting the wedding behind a paywall. I'm trying to, I'm trying to shake a few bucks out of my uh, loyal listeners here." She was all about it. She didn't care. Okay, she, there you go. You know, yeah. She was like, "Oh, that's not a bad idea," you know. So, um, yeah, I mean, so you, you, I will stoop to no bounce. You don't think that I'll put this handshake behind the paywall? Come on now. But uh, I, I suppose we can discuss that since, as noted, uh, I will be making my appearance in the uh, New York, New Jersey area. Uh, this coming week for WrestleMania. Yeah, so uh, of, of course, the path of greatness, you did put it up on Twitter, but for those that are not on Twitter, do you want to... We usually pack it to the end of the WrestleMania preview that we usually do, but uh, for this case, I, I think it'll be a pretty good idea for you and I to kind of discuss, because now for the first year, yeah, of course, we're going to both be going to the same shows or, or some of the same shows. So uh, do you have your path of greatness ready? Uh, the, the schedule that you're on. So this is... Is this like your official... Is, is this what you would call your path of greatness or is this just your schedule? Are those always... Because they're not always the same. You, you know, like sometimes you, you, have, you would go to shows that maybe it'd be better to go to another, but is this like the official path of greatness or, or, or just your schedule? I wasn't even going to do a path to greatness this year due to how spread out all the shows were and how difficult I think it is to venue hop, but I've got to give the listeners what they want sometimes even for free. So I have put together an official path to greatness and it does also happen to be the path that I am following as well. But there is a uh, asterisk here, Rich. Normally the path to greatness is simply the best path to seeing the best shows. I didn't think that was possible this year. So when I'm discussing the path to greatness, keep in mind that this does take the difficulty of the venue hopping this year into consideration. Okay. So that was taken into consideration when I constructed the path to greatness due to the unique circumstances and the very difficult logistics of the New York, New Jersey area. 
And if you have the schedule handy, you can feel free to grill me and question me if you feel like this path is veering into non-greatness. So I do have it handy. All right, so let's let's fire it off here. So we got Thursday. You're coming in Thursday, correct? I'm coming in Thursday, yes. All right, so I'm, I'm I'll be there at like God, some ungodly early. I'll be <laughs> I think like eight a.m. I'm actually in New York. Uh, I don't know when you're arriving, but uh, what's your plan then? Uh, you arrive Thursday, and are you immediately going to wrestling shows? Are you hanging out? What are you what are you kind of doing when when you, when the plane lands uh, in, in New York, New Jersey for Joe Lanza? Okay, so please note that Wednesday is not included on the path to greatness. Those shows are all trash. So I figure we got in trouble last week. I might as well get in trouble again. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, yeah. There's no need to go to anything on Wednesday. Now, if you happen to live in New Jersey or you're already there, go ahead. Knock yourself out with the pizza party. I may have done the same thing, but I'm not including that on my path to greatness. So I arrive here. Listen to it. You're going to love this itinerary. Okay. Here's what I'm doing Thursday. I am mailing my bag and my clothing and all of my, you know, toothbrush. <laughs> I am, I am mailing my bag. Listen, listen, I am mailing my bag oh, to my brother because I, I cannot carry it on the plane. And I'm going to tell you why I do not land in Newark airport until 90 minutes before the evolve show. I don't have time to be dropping off bags. I don't have time to be, uh, you know, I, I don't have, uh, I don't want to be, and I'm not arriving back home until well after midnights, and I'm not carrying around a bag all day long. So I am mailing my bag to New Jersey, boarding the plane, uh, you know, with, with just my 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 body, and then I'm exiting the plane, running to a train to uh, take that train to Penn Station, where I am meeting up with a friend, and then we are literally running to the venue. On another train, I, I guess. I don't even know. I'm just following this guy around to get to evolve, hopefully, by bell time. So my, the path to greatness begins at Evolve on Thursday afternoon. Yeah, my uh, so kind of give you an idea of for me, I'm, I'm a little open. So I'm arriving, I said, around like 8 a.m. or whatever. I don't know what we're doing quite yet. The first thing we have tickets for is Bloodsport uh, at 4 p.m. So I don't know, maybe go to that Evolve show, possibly maybe kind of take in the city for like, I've never been to New York before. So it might be a good opportunity to do like two hours of like, Hey, here's the touristy shit. I got to get out of the way before I pretty much go balls to the wall uh, with, with, with pro wrestling. So that is undecided. Well, I, I've kept that open, uh, possibly evolve, possibly just do touristy stuff. We don't know exactly yet, but uh, for sure for me is blood sports. So what are you doing after evolve then? Keep in mind, I'm leaving my house like midnight Wednesday to get to the airport by 2 AM to get on a 4 AM flight to land in Newark at 10 30 in the morning on thursday and then and then going to four shows on thursday <laughs> you're gonna smell terrible i'm glad i'm, I'm glad i'm meeting you on friday because you're gonna be a, a, a really smelly person i'm uh, gonna be thursday. awake for like 28 hours <laughs> that's too. that's not great yeah utterly ridiculous so okay from evolve we are staying i am staying at the wwn venue as the path to greatness continues at wxw uh, the decision there, of course, I believe was WXW or Bloodsport, correct? I believe uh, indeed, yeah. 4 p.m. Is, is either WXW or Bloodsport. For you, it makes all the sense in the world. You're going to be there for Evolve. So. Already in the venue, going to stick around. Uh, number one, already in the venue. Number two, Bloodsport is just way out of the way. I'm not going to go to Jersey City from uh, you know the, the middle of New York City to Jersey City. And then number three is, when am I ever going to get to see a WXW show um, aside from this moment? So, right. uh, I, to me, it was an easy decision. Same venue. Don't have to go to a different state. 
an opportunity to see a new promotion I've never seen live before, and I've already seen Bloodsport. So that was my first tough decision of the of the path, and I chose WXW. Yep. And then uh, after that, so now we're we're both we both picked our four PM shows. I'll be at Bloodsport. You'll be at WXW. What are you going next? Are you staying in Laboom or are you uh, you bouncing finally? No, this was uh, one of the easier decisions of the weekend because it's one of the best shows of the weekend, and I am going to do the WrestleCon Super Show in the next window. Oh, see, that's see, this is this could have been our first time because I am going to Laboom. So you were leaving Laboom. I'm coming. Maybe we'll cross paths at that point. I'm going for uh, DDT uh, at 8 p.m. So yeah, we will cross paths at that point. You're out. You're going to New York City Hilton Milltown for uh, Roscon Super Show. I'm coming in for DDT at that 8 p.m. time slot. Roscon Super Show is at four. So we can or, fist uh, seven, bump. Seven, sorry, it's at seven. We can fist bump as we pass each other in the hallway. Uh, the thinking here was, I think DDT is going to be an excellent show. There's other opportunities though to see the DDT talent, such as the Evolve show earlier that day, and the WrestleCon Super Show has Willow Spray versus Bandito and uh, Cavanario versus Dragon Lee. And I was not going to miss either one of those matches under under any circumstances. So uh, I will be going to the WrestleCon Super Show. That's a good time. That, that was a tough choice for me. DDT, I, yeah. I, I decided right away to buy a ticket for. So I've kind of been embedded in DDT now from, from pretty much the moment they announced the show. Because I thought it was going to be a unique, different experience. One that I wouldn't be able to see anywhere else. And, and that's what they gave. Uh, you know, what we you know have a preview up on at VoiceWrestling.com. Uh, John Carroll wrote it a little bit of a beginner's guide to uh, DDT, which I think has been very well received. And then, of course, uh, as we'll allude to later, next week we're going to have a giant preview of this. And, and and one of the things that John and I talked about with the show is that it is as authentic a DDT show as you're going to find. So I, I like that. Even though WrestleCon is an awesome show, and I'm really like regretting that I'm going to miss that, this DDT thing feels just super unique and, few, uh, and, and, and real special for this weekend. It feels like the, tr- like the most obvious like this show is what this company wants to present across the world you know, you know what i mean where all yeah. the other shows even repro uk is just a new japan road to show you know what i mean like this is a ddt show man like through and through and i i appreciate that uh listen i don't think you can go wrong with either of those shows in that time in that slot i think the ddt show is going to be tremendous and i do think it's going to be an authentic experience so uh those were two you know th- those are two tough time blocks decision wise blood sport and 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 wrestlecon super show versus versus ddt are tricky decisions for people yeah thursday is a, a loaded day uh this year like in, in yeah. prior years the thursday had kind of been kind of the tagged on day and friday was the big day this year thursday for whatever reason seems like the real like everyone just came blazing in, on thursday so i'll tell you the reason everybody wants to avoid nxt everybody wants to avoid roh in new japan so they're 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 front-loading things yeah so friday and saturday pretty much yeah they don't want to go head to head with those with those with those uh you know tough tickets all right so you at 7 p.m will be at russell super show at the uh new york city hilton midtown but then you are bouncing right you are going to your neck of the woods rahway new jersey correct yeah, I will finish up the night at Impact Wrestling. A couple factors in this decision. Number one, um, I've got to go basically 10 minutes away from Raw A to go home that night anyway. My brother lives 10 minutes from the venue. So since I'm going to be there anyway, I may as well go to the wrestling show. I recognize I'm going to get there late. Probably going to get there either close to intermission or at intermission. Uh, that's fine. But uh, since I'm going to be in the, that neck of the woods anyway, there's no reason not to go. Reason number two, it's, it's a pretty damn good card. Great show. It's a really good show. I'm, I'm regretting now because uh, because we have, we bought Kaiju tickets, which is uh, I'm still looking forward to that show because I've never been to a Kaiju Big Battle live. So I think that's pretty fun. But I am I'm kicking myself every time Impact would release a new match. I'm just like, man, that show is really good. Like I, I it, it stinks, but it's it's you know I'm into here's Kaiju, the, but it, that's fine. But it, here's yeah. the thing, though, Rich, I can't kill you because you'd never get there on time, and the only reason I'm going is because I have to go there anyway. Right, right, right. You know what I mean? It's like you know you're going to spend, and the Impact tickets aren't cheap. 
So you're going to spend all this money on these tickets and then see half a show and maybe miss a lot of the matches that you wanted to see anyway. So listen, that that's what I'm saying about the logistics here. I mean, that's not a quick trek to row. And then you got to train to get back. If you take a train there to make sure you can even get back to the city to wherever you're staying. I understand you guys are driving, which would make right. it even less feasible yeah. for you to get to row in time for the show. So you can't kick yourself over that one. Again, it's too spread out. Yeah, and this so we're staying is, in Queens then for the rest happens. of the night then for us. So that is Thursday. Uh, then Joe, you will finally fall asleep after 28 hours of being awake. I think I'm getting up at about 2 a.m. as well. So I will definitely enjoy falling asleep uh, as well after after that. And then we have Friday. We uh, you are, are you starting out bright and early with the WrestleCon US versus the World 11 a.m.? Because I will be there. I think any path to greatness has to include this show. The lineup looks fantastic. And uh, yeah, there's no way in hell that I'm missing USA versus the world on uh, on Friday morning. All right. So that's when we can give our official firm handshake there at uh, 11 a.m. Yes. at WrestleCon US versus the world. Uh, and then I am sticking in Midtown uh, for RevPro. I just bought my tickets today. I'm pretty excited about that show. Now that it is essentially just a very good like New Japan Road 2 show. So I'm all in on this RevPro show now because uh, it, it's it's maybe not RevPro, but maybe in a way it kind of is RevPro with all the New Japan talent. Look, the Rev Pro Show is one of the best on-paper lineups of the weekend. It's basically a mini New Japan show with a couple of Rev Pro talents sprinkled in. I think they did a very good job. Even after Pac was pulled, I would argue that the card may have improved since that point. We didn't know much about the card before that, but everything else kind of came together. And yeah, it's a very, very easy decision to stick around in the same venue, I might add. So it makes it very easy to go to the Rev Pro Show, which is one of the best on-paper cards of the entire weekend. Yeah, so really looking forward to that one. Uh, so now the next spot is a little weird. I have a big question mark right there. Um, initially, potential idea of going to Penis Party. That uh, has not seen itself through because Penis Party looks like a horrendous show. Um, potential of Joey Janela Spring Break. The tickets have been very hard to come by. And then a little bit of a potential of TakeOver. I'm very tempted by TakeOver, and I, I, we're, we're going to kind of look at how the tickets go. So that After Rep Pro is all up in the air. We don't know exactly, but uh, where are you going to go uh, between that uh, After Rep Pro and, and, and uh, you know, the 7 p.m. to 6 p.m. time slot? We come on here and talk about all these shows every year. Then the best show every WrestleMania weekend is NXT. Mm-hmm. Um, I am going to try to finally make it a point to get to the TakeOver show. I am pumped about the Peak Dunn walter match. And uh, I'm very excited about the rest of the card as well. It's always a hot crowd. It's always going to be a great show. It'll it'll definitely be one of the three best shows of the weekend at minimum, maybe the best show of the weekend, uh, definitely be in the conversation. Um, so I am 90% certain that I'm going to NXT for the purposes of the path to greatness. That's the call. Yeah. You got to go from RevPro to NXT. There's some good stuff at that time as well. You got the Battle Riot, uh, MLW's one going on at 7 p.m. Uh, you also, again, have Joey Janela Spring Break 8, uh, there's also FTW Wrestling <laughs> at 8, but I don't think anyone's going to go to that. Uh, Joe Ryan's Penis Party as well at 8. But uh, yeah, there's a lot going on there. But yeah, the, the, the path for me uh, is trying to get to take over no matter what. So we'll see how tickets go. They are, they're going down a little bit as we're kind of looking at the secondary market. But that might be a play by your buy it five minutes before. You know, be, be in Brooklyn, look at our phones, refresh them, and then buy them and then walk in type thing is, is, is maybe what it's going to be for us. But uh, yeah, that, that's going to be the play for me because that looks like an incredible show. So do not want to miss that one. Uh, and then are you capping off your nights with anything? Are you joining me? Uh, at Black Craft Wrestling, no apologies. Are you joining me, Joe? Midnight. You don't want a midnight wrestling show on Friday night? Come on. Normally I would, but again, it's an issue of trying to get to Jersey City. Um, it's out of the way. It's a cumbersome trip. So uh, the path to greatness on Friday ends with NXT. Ah, all right. Get, get a little, get a, I, I like that. You know, get in a little early. 
get ready for a big Saturday coming up. So, all right. So that is your Friday, uh, your Saturday. Uh, are you waking up? Are you uh, are you heading over to Pancakes and Pile Drivers? Are you heading over to Orange Cassie is doing something or whatever? Or are you sleeping this in, sleeping the night in? The Blackcraft show actually doesn't look that bad. That looks awesome. That's <laughs> like, not a bad looking show. The problem, though, is there's 75 wrestlers on it, which I don't, I mean, this show is either going to be like the most compact 75 wrestler show ever or this thing's gonna go like five hours i have no idea what to believe uh, with it but there's a lot of talent on there it's all kind of lumped in so it's kind of hard to kind of rip you know sift through or whatever but like masato tanaka chris dickinson like even jimmy havoc g raver i'm into you know pentagon simon grim like there's a lot of good stuff on that show yeah i mean i know a lot of people with dirty diapers who really misrepresented a lot of things we said last week but, right um the, the black craft show doesn't look that bad uh, the blood sports show is one I would have went to if, if it wasn't out in the middle of nowhere in Jersey city. And, um, you know, so yeah, I think you're going to have a, a good time at that one. So yes, um, yes. As, as I, as I roots, uh, very much for the collective to fail by going to four other shows and buying tickets. You know, like. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's like, I, I'm you know, I kind of talked, about, I talked about it behind the paywall and gave my feelings on that. I have no ill will towards, uh, John Thorne or anybody else. I wish he didn't, you know, misrepresent my words before he even bothered listening. That would have been nice, but I get it. He's, he, he, he catapulted our critiques into attempting to sell some tickets. And I don't blame him for one second for drumming yeah, can't, up. Can't knock the hustle. Can't knock the hustle. I can't knock the hustle for drumming up a little controversy to try to sell tickets. Cause he needs to, he needs to sell some tickets. Let's face it. So I understand. I get it. I get, I understand why he tweeted what he did. And, uh, it, you know, make us the enemy. That's fine. I, you know, whatever you need to do, uh, to reach your goal, uh, which are, uh, as we record this, he says he's 50 tickets short of his goal. I hope they hit it. Um, but you know, and, and they used us for a day to drum up a little activity. I get it. That's fine. I'm not upset. And I talked about it behind the payroll, but, uh, but you know, were we slightly misrepresented? Absolutely. But we're just going to leave that behind us. That's fine. So anyway, Saturday morning, are you, uh, are you waking up early to go to any of these shows? Or are you going to sleep this in and, and, and get ready for uh, the big nighttime show? Going to do the pancakes. Going to do the revolver. Are you show. really? Oh, little pancakes and pile drivers. Joe Lanza, let's go. You getting, gonna are you going to eat some pancakes while you're there? Well, full disclosure here. I would love to sleep in on Saturday morning, but if I don't go to this uh, pancake show with the person that I'm going to these shows with, um, I, I kind of need to be in New York uh, for that show in order to be led around uh, you know, like the feckless child I am to get to the other shows because I can't navigate these trains by myself. So, um, I, listen, would I like to be sleeping in my bed during pancakes and pile drivers? I would, but uh, I kind of have to go to it to complete the rest of the day. But That's fair. That's it, fair. It doesn't look like that bad of a lineup. No, it's a really good lineup. Yeah, I was I was on the fence about that. Um, I, I had pretty much was about to pull the trigger on pancakes and pile drivers tickets, but uh, this Orange Cassie show kind of bought me in and, and and I ended up actually uh deciding to buy those tickets. I'm glad I did because they sold out uh, as well, which is a great I mean a huge, huge congratulations to to GCW once again. They took over this time slot from Nova Pro. Uh the Nova Pro guy was an absolute chud and, and he's gone and he got kicked out and and sent away hopefully forever. Uh and the Orange Cassidy produce show the Orange Cassidy is doing something or whatever. Uh that show comes into the time slot, books a bunch of matches right off the bat, keeps the match that everybody wanted to see with Gresham and Otani and sells the place out. So congratulations to them man. They 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 took that time slot lot and they nailed it we continue to say you know despite being misrepresented sometimes is that gcw gets it of everybody that runs this weekend they get it they get the irony the best they get the kind of the comedy the best they they book for the people that are going to buy their tickets and, and it shows because they buy t they sell tickets left left and right i mean the joey janela spring breaks they enter they send some tickets out they sell out immediately this show sells out immediately anything with gcw on it 
uh, this week in Bloodsport as well, uh, sells out pretty quickly. They they get it. They absolutely get it. And they're uh, one of the success stories of independent wrestling this uh, last two WrestleMania weekends. But uh, yeah, so that's that's the show I'm going to, the Orange Cassidy show, because it's uh, enough irony, enough comedy, and then some, also some good wrestling in there too. So I'm pretty excited about that. Uh, the 7 out of 13 falls match. Um, listen, that- <laughs> see, like it's just like enough. Like usually I hate comedy, but I'm like, ah, that's kind of funny. Like the one minute, you know, time limit match between Chuck and Trent. I'm like, yeah, you know, they just get it. They just like there's those little things that just make you laugh. Seven out of thirteen falls just made me laugh, and I was like, all right, I'm gonna go to that show. You know, it's eleven a.m. You know, why not? Game changer gets it, and they nail this genre of wrestling like no one else. The problem is everyone else trying to copy. Them. That's you know, and, and unsuccessfully, you know, <laughs> as we might add, but unsuccessfully, in my opinion. And, and, you know, they, they really nail it. And, and, and I, we've been praising them for, you know, the last couple of weeks, including last week. It's just, it's just funny how people who, who don't listen uh, like to tell us what we said and people who did listen like to selectively hear just bits and pieces of what we said. So, I mean, we couldn't praise Game Changer enough last week. So, uh, you know, this idea that we want the entire collective to fail and are rooting for it is absolute nonsense, but people are going to do what people do. It's yeah, fine. That's fine. It got us a ton. Listen. It's helping him sell tickets, and it got us a ton of extra downloads last week. Yeah, so, so, so a lot of those people hate our guts and will never listen again. But there's no question we'll hold on to some of those listeners. So, uh, you know, welcome. It, it, Hi, <laughs> how are welcome, you, new listeners? Welcome yeah. this week, and I hope you enjoy this show and all the other future shows of the greatest wrestling podcast in the world. But we may continue. All right. So then, what? So now you are not doing Orange Cassidy. You're going to be in New York, as you said. You kind of alluded to the the fact of your location. So I think you were staying in New York, and I think I know the next show you're going to. You're going to get the hog. Get a little hog in you, Joe. Going to the hog. Doing a little pork in the middle of the day on Saturday, and I'm doing the hog. Again, uh, not a bad lineup at all. Uh, you get a chance to see the great Muta. Uh, you get a chance to see Kai. <laughs> are you going to be Are you gonna be jumping jack when Kai comes out? The, the only I want Lanzalette of you fucking jumping jacking when, when Kai yeah. walks out. Rich, I don't know. I know he doesn't do it. I know he doesn't do it anymore. Yeah, just but I want say, you to bring it back. I know he doesn't do it anymore. I don't know if you've watched the Pearl show in the last two years. I know, I know, but uh, I want you bringing it back. I understand he's I, not going to do it, but I think if he sees one man in that crowd doing it, it'll it'll reignite the fire in him that I know is deep in him to start the jumping jacks again. So I need you I'll to tell do you that. what, I'll do a couple jumping jacks when he okay. comes out. How about that? Thank you. Okay, so uh, you know, you see the great Muta. You see Kai with his only booking to this point of the weekend. I would think that someone ridiculous. else ridiculous, just unbelievable. But, I don't like Kai. Like I make fun of Kai. Kai fans, but he needs to be booked on eight other shows. You know, like of all the people that are booked on these shows, you're gonna let Kai, who is better than ninety percent of these people that are booked on these. Like I don't. I think Kai stinks in you know Japan, but like he is so much better than like you know if not not ninety percent. That's a little much. Would it, would, if I if Joe if I said Kai is better than fifty five percent of the people booked this weekend, would you agree or disagree with that? I'm not even a big Kai fan, but to see some of these names getting booked up. And here's the thing about it, okay? These it's it's so obvious that we're all starving for talent and people to book on these shows. And there's guys right there just begging to be booked with nothing to do. Now, look, I don't know the behind the scenes mechanisms. For all I know, fucking um, uh, Shindy Pro Wrestling called up Kai and, and his price was too high or he just didn't want to do it. That's possible too. But these are wrestlers, and I know that they jump. There's always a price, over, man. There's yeah, always a price. Yeah. He's in town anyway. You know, so who knows? I mean, we could be speaking out of our ass on this, but it's just he's one of those guys where uh, I don't understand how he's not. Now, he may end up being on three or four of these shows when all said and done, but you have, you're losing talent due to visas. You're, there's already uh, – the talent's already thinned out. I mean, you know, there's – 
and 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 you have these guys. You got this whole crew coming in from Australia. You got Kai sitting right there. You got and and. and None of these promoters think outside the box, or I shouldn't say none of them, but a lot of them won't, and and they won't bring these guys in, and it just doesn't make sense to me when when it, you know you're looking for any kind of edge and any kind of marketable talent to put on your shows. I mean, there's there's you know Pearl fans who would maybe go to a show and may, and it might make the decision for them if they're like, hey, I can see Kai maybe for the only time in my life. If I go to this dopey indie show, you know what? I, that's where I'm going. You know, they, they don't, I, but they don't think that way, and I don't understand it. So you were doing the hog. I uh, I'm I'm open at this time. I don't know what I'm going to do between uh, Orange Cassidy's show and uh, MSG. But uh, yeah, so th- this is kind of open for me. There's a few different things I can I can pop into. So may- maybe see at the hog. I don't know. I don't know if uh, it's going to work. It depends how long the Orange Cassidy show goes because that's at noon uh, all the way in New Jersey. So uh, we'll see how that goes. But either way, uh, plenty of things before, of course, the show that you and I are both going to uh, New Japan G1 SuperCard 7:30. You are going, correct? You're not missing that, right? Oh yeah, yeah, that's the obvious play. At the okay, end. all right. I was like, I don't know if you were able to get tickets or you got like a third party or, or so you know through the through the grapevine or whatever. But uh, yeah, I, I know for a fact you would not leave this weekend without going there. So let me tell you something, pal. Joe Lanza goes to WrestleMania weekends with no tickets in hand, but he gets into any show he wants. That's how it goes every year. No one knows how I get it done. No one needs to know how I get it done. I will get into all of these shows. I am noting. I got to tell you, technically, I don't have a single ticket yet. But I know I'm going to be at all of these shows. You can, I can promise you that. There's no worries there. There you go. So you're going to the G1 Supercard. We're going to talk about a little bit more about that uh, here in a bit as well. Does that now conclude your path of greatness? Are you doing uh, CCW versus WrestlePro uh, after? No, you can't even do that. Never mind. You can't even do that. So that's out. So uh, that's going to be it for your uh, Saturday. Because, yeah, oh, I guess, okay, you got Joey Janela Spring Break 3 Part 2. I am not going to that. Uh, I assume you are not, but uh, just in case, you're going to uh, White Eagle Hall, New Jersey after MSG. Massive Square Garden concludes the path to greatness because I have to immediately run to an airplane to go home. Yeah, I'm going to do the same. I'm uh, I'm leaving Sunday morning pretty early, but yeah, I can't be out too late because it's like a very, very early flight, and I'm sure I'll be exhausted after that weekend. So yeah, getting on a plane uh, and going back Sunday uh, morning for me. So of course, neither of us are going to anything on Sunday, uh, including a WrestleMania, but uh, that's all right. It's fine. I'll watch it at my on my couch because <laughs> you know the, the idea of eight hours at a football stadium is and i'm not totally opposed to doing a wrestlemania like i do want to do that because i'd never have actually been to wrestlemania this isn't the one though man if, if if it's in like tampa or something like that or a dome stadium i'd consider it but no chance in hell i'm going to sit outside at MetLife life stadium for seven or eight hours uh and, and watch wrestlemania it's just it's not going to happen so yeah no me neither i will uh i'll watch that from my couch all right, so that is the path of greatness for for Joe and and myself as well. It's our schedule, so you can uh, see us at some of those shows. Uh, we'll be the men firm handshaking one another constantly, so uh, definitely see that. But uh, <laughs> no, that's uh, definitely if you're going to any of those shows, let us know. Uh, we'll be glad to say hi and 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 kiss the babies and shake all the hands and all that sort of stuff. So I'm pretty excited about that. I don't know why you're bringing your baby to uh, <laughs> you know Rev Pro, but that's fine if you want to do that. But uh, anyway, let's get to uh, some of these bigger shows we're going to preview. It, in, so this is going to be an abbreviated episode of the flagship because. Next week, Monday, you are going to get a three-part, potentially four-part. I haven't figured it out quite yet. I'm still kind of laying it out. Somewhere around like seven or eight-hour mega preview podcast of every single fucking show. And when I mean every single show, I mean almost literally every single show. There's a few that maybe slip through the cracks, your squared circle projects, maybe slip through the cracks. But pretty much every single goddamn show is going to be covered at some form or fashion that entire weekend so we're going to do that early next week so that'll be out monday so this will be an abbreviated flagship we are not going to preview everything right here we're going to preview some of the big shows that we wanted to talk about uh, as well as put a bow on the new japan cup so let's do that right now 
Um, New Japan Cup. Obviously, we had the quarterfinals. We, we let off with that, or we, we stopped there last week uh, with the quarterfinals. Now we had the quarterfinals and semifinals, and of course, the final with Kazuchika Okada winning the New Japan Cup uh, against Sonata in an awesome final match. But uh, let's talk about some highlights from the quarter and the semifinals before we uh, get into the G1 Supercard, and then uh, we're going to do WrestleMania and TakeOver as well on this show. Um, but uh, yeah, let's talk about the uh, New Japan Cup. All right, so how do you want to do this? Do you want to do it like we did in previous weeks where we uh, – I think there's so few matches. Now, we're only dealing with one, two, three, what, um, what seven matches here? Yeah, seven matches. Yeah, I think we can we can run through each of these pretty quickly. Um, we get pithy thoughts on each one and longer-form thoughts on the ones that, that warrant it. So I guess we'll start at the top. What was that first quarter found? Uh, Ishii and Yoshihashi. Done? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's nothing really to do. <laughs> okay, we'll move on. Yeah, 20 minutes for Yoshihashi well, is I, I never, gotta tell you, I, I did, great. you know, I, I I thought, I actually shouldn't just blow this one off. I did, I thought Yoshihashi was good here showing fire early against Ishii. Especially, uh, he lost, there, there was one moment I want to bring up. He lost a strike battle early and then challenged Ishii to a second strike battle. And Ishii kind of didn't want to do it. He's like, oh, come on, guy. But then he spit in Ishii's face and said, come on. And then he had the second strike battle with Ishii, and he came out on top. And I kind of got into the match at that point. So it wasn't a bad match. It was, a, it was I thought it was a, a really good match. And, and, and I like that Yoshihashi finally showed some fire. And um, look, it, it's impossible not to have a good match against Ishii. That, that's what I think. Like, I, I thought it was okay, but I think it, I, I graded a little bit on a curve because it's like, it's Tomohiro Ishii, and he had just incredible match. I mean, he had the best match. Uh, I've ever seen of Taiichi uh, during that round two. Uh, we'll talk about the the semifinal and then yeah. So it's just like I don't know. It was fine, but it was I, I kind of graded on a curve. Like it was it was a good match, but I feel like Ishii's just throwing out great matches right now. And if you can only if you bring Ishii down to like what I think is a good match, I, I don't know. I, I I just I think I'm just never gonna buy into Yoshihashi ever again. I think I'm just kind of over it. So uh, it was fine, but uh, yeah, I was I was ready for it to be over and and, and ready for the next matchups that were gonna come. All right, then we'll move on to the next quarterfinal match. You had Okada versus Will Ospreay. What did you think of this one? Uh, yeah, I mean, it was a it was a really good match. I think, obviously, they have a better one, um, you know, uh, inside of them that they could have with each other. I couldn't think of a better way to say better one inside of them. What is that? Um, I think these two can put together a better match. Um, but, yeah, I, I enjoyed the hell out of this, and I thought that, um, you know, it, it's, it's Okada – wasn't going to struggle all that much against Will Ospreay in a spot like this, like he would if they have a big main event somewhere at some point. So I don't know if it was as dramatic as it, as it could have been, but I don't know if it should have been, but, um, right. Yeah. That, that's kind of, I guess that's kind of the take that I had from it as well Is like, I came in with like crazy expectations. It's probably bigger than I needed to have for this match. And I think they, they met them all, you know, at times they met them. There was a lot of really cool sequences that I loved, but it felt like you said, like they were building like, hey, we're not quite ready for this match to be as big of as, as it is right now. So we're going to leave a little bit in the tank, like you said. We're going to not necessarily give everything out here. I think there was enough really good stuff and enough stuff to kind of sink your teeth into. But it's one of those times where when the match was over, you went, yeah, they got something better. They, they These guys are going to, and you could see the chemistry there. You could see that when these guys have a chance to put together a 30-minute match on a big show or whatever, for a title or whatever, that it's going to be incredible. This one was just kind of a preview of what's going to come with that. So maybe it didn't meet my lofty expectations, but I think still pretty solid match all around. Yeah, I mean, the, the closing sequence was awesome, but it was pretty definitive at the same time. You know, it's uh, it's 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 Okada hits the tombstone, and then he goes for the Rainmaker, and then um, 
uh, an Osprey counters the Rainmaker and, and goes for a Stormbreaker, but then Okada counters that into the spinning tombstone. And then he just hits him with the Rainmaker and that's it. Now, if they were having a, a main event, you know, world title match or something somewhere, um, you know, there would have been uh, more to that sequence than what we got. But this was Okada uh, putting um, Osprey away uh, quite definitively in a match that uh, I went four flat on. And you know damn well that these two guys, if 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 put in the right position and, and they have a 25-minute match at the, in the main event of a big show, that uh, they could put together a, uh, a much better match than that. Absolutely. We'll move on now. Uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi, Zack Sabre Jr. Uh, here on this New Japan Cup, a match that we're going to see at MSG, which seems hard to believe. But uh, yeah, what would you think of this one there? A little preview of what we're going to see uh, next week. Uh, which one is this now? Uh, uh, Tanahashi, Tanahashi and Sabre, Sabre, yeah. Jr.? Yeah, Tanahashi and Sabre. This didn't do anything for me. And and they've had other matches that that fell flat with They me. hit or miss. I, they're very hit or miss. It's shocking. You wouldn't think so with these guys because they're so good. But I, yeah, they, 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 I don't know. It's weird with them. Yeah, I don't know. It just none of this was interesting. Um, you know, and, and Tanahashi, I think during this tournament at times, to me, went through the motions. I thought the Taguchi match was one of the laziest go through the motions Tanahashi performances in a while. That was tag team Tanahashi against Taguchi. That was such a nothing match. And um, this match, I mean, this wasn't a bad match. This match was fine. I went three and a quarter on this to give you an idea. I just, it never gripped me. I didn't find it interesting at any point. Um, and I thought something like, like Okada and Osprey blew it away. Um, you know, and, and, and these are obviously wrestlers of that caliber. And I don't know, it just didn't grab me. And they had a, they had a, a, a match that people loved either last year or the year before that also did nothing for me. And I thought it wasn't even as good as this one because it was longer and, 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 and even more boring. So yeah. I don't know, just just didn't do anything for me. Yeah, I was kind of on the fence. I maybe liked it a little bit more than you, but but not much. It was it was it, it got a little too. I don't want to say grapple heavy. I don't know the exact terminology. It just felt like there was no juice to it. You, you know what I mean? Like that's, that's I think exactly the best way to it. It. it had You're no just juice. there. Like things are happening and guys are doing moves and stuff. But it's just kind of like, all right, you know, what, why do I care? What's happening? It just it just kind of ended. And, you know, it went like 20 minutes, but it felt like it went 40. It was just one of those ones that you're just kind of watching, just waiting to get excited, and you never really ever do. So yeah, I was I was a little down on that. I wanted to check in on, on uh, Grapple to see what the people there uh, said. And it's got a 3.93 there, which I think is probably a little bit higher than I would put it, but uh, it's still not like a match that you know we're out to lunch with, where a bunch of other people thought it was incredible. Uh, it's kind of got that sort of good but not great uh, vibe. Uh, and then we'll finish out with Colt Cabana and Sonata <laughs> in uh, the last match of our quarterfinal here. Yeah, I mean, easily the least interesting match of the rounds. It was just an average match, and I don't have anything uh, more to add. I think Sonata, the one takeaway I have for Sonata is I, I, I consider him like a liquid wrestler. And when I say he's a liquid wrestler, he like takes the shape of his opponent. If he's in there with Colt Cabana, he's going to go out there and have you know an average match with a guy like Colt Cabana. He's in there with Okada in the finals of this tournament. He's going to have a match that a lot of people think is a match of the year contender. He kind of works to the level of his opponent, and his motivation seems to be tied to the level of his opponent too. So that's what I mean when I say that Sonata is kind of a liquid wrestler. He's not going to pull inferior wrestlers up to his level. He's going right, to work right, right. to the level of his opponent's. And he needs to be pulled to the level of, of superior wrestlers. That's my read on him. And he almost always has the level of match he should have based on the caliber of opponent. 
And this was just an average match. I mean, they 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 wanted to give us the Cabana Yano comedy match. They did, but the the rub to that is that well, either Cabana, Cabana yeah, was in the or Yano yeah. had to have a yeah. So yeah. you know, it's kind of like the NCAA tournament. Everybody wants upsets in the first round, but then you have dopey fourteen and fifteen seeds in the next couple rounds, and nobody wants to watch that. It's it's kind of the same thing here when you you put a guy through like Cabana. Uh, you know, and you end up just having this this nothing match um, that no one's ever going to remember in the quarterfinals. Absolutely. Now we'll move on to uh, the semifinals here, a match that I absolutely fucking adore. I gave it five stars here. Tomohiro Ishii versus Okada. I know you hated the match, despised the match. I think you went four and a half with it. So, Joe, why did you hate this match so much? No, I went four flat. Um, so you did I hate thought, it. <laughs> I was correct. I fucking hated it. No, I, it. Get off my goddamn screen, you losers. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was... I finished watching this and I thought it was a very good match, but I thought they didn't even approach what they're capable of. And I know that I am on an Island. You and everybody else seem to think that this is uh, like a leading match of the year contender. And this was great. And this was epic. And this, you know, really touched emotional chords with people. And man, I really, really wish I felt the same way. Cause these are two of my favorite wrestlers ever. If I'm being honest, and it just didn't hit that that peak for me i don't know i like i don't i haven't rewatched it i probably oh, won't i don't know man were you distracted I, th- I thought this would be so up your alley man this was ishii just like being a monster and okada just doing everything he could but ishii just had the answer for him every single time and and eventually he got it done like ishii knew that he wouldn't be able to beat him but he just had like he just wanted to prove that he that the rainmaker was not going to work until you just had to kill the guy eventually i oh my god it was like 20 minutes of just go 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 they never stopped working man oh i thought you would have loved this match the big superplex spot was awesome. The arm bar counter was fucking the awesome. Counters. Oh my God. You should just drive it in head into Okada's chest. And, oh my God. Come on. Yeah. Listen, you know, the, the, the subtle callbacks to the Shibata match. I get it, you know, I, but I don't know. Look, I thought it was very good. I don't know what you people want. You from hate me. it. Why did you hate this match? No, I, 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 this, is how I, I, this is how I feel when you get at this, you know, it's yeah. like, I, I thought it was very good. I just didn't think it was, it was, it was next level. Great. I don't know. Yeah. See, I, I, I love it. Cause I think it, to me, it reminded me of those old like 2013 G1 matches where those, it was like two great dudes and they would just go out there for 20 minutes and just go balls to the wall the entire time. Like those are the ones that I absolutely just love. And I thought that's what this one was. So I, I, I loved it. Um, I think you should rewatch it cause you're wrong. So maybe, maybe you will, you will, you know, learn uh, the true path, but no, this is, I, I love this match. I went five stars with it. I see the consensus is pretty high uh, as well for it. So really do enjoy that. And then we'll move on to our other semifinal here. Uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Sonata. What'd you think of this one? Uh, yeah, I thought this was a very good match too. I went four flat on this one as well. Um, very different match from the Okada Ishii match, but there was a lot of, I listen, I think Tanahashi might be Sonata's best opponent. You know, I just talked about how Tanahashi and and Zack Sabre Jr. It never just works for me for whatever reason. When those two are together, when Sonata and Tanahashi are together, that does work for me. And I liked, there was a lot of cool stuff here, like Tanahashi going for the same pinning combination that he used to beat Saber, but Sonata, and you know, when I, you know, I love when wrestlers have other wrestlers well scouted. Okay. But Sonata obviously knew that was coming and Tanahashi fell right into a skull end. I thought that was such a cool spot, which played off of Tanahashi's previous tournament match. And, you know, he, and and Tanahashi should know better. He should know that he's falling right into his opponent's finisher. I mean, what's he thinking there uh, with that pinning combination? But uh, but then uh, Tanahashi tapped right off of it, 
which again, I loved because I wasn't expecting the match to end at that point. You know, it, it felt like they were building towards something bigger and more epic, but that's such typical Tanahashi to flip the script on you in that way. He made the mistake. He got caught in the skull end and he just fucking tapped immediately. That was so cool to me. And that really put the match over the top from a good match to a very good match. Yeah, and I think you're right that, 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 Sonata's best opponent is probably Tanahashi. He seems to get him the most. They seem to speak the same language. It just seems to work between those two, where it doesn't always click with Sonata. We'll talk about uh, uh, the, the final here, which you know I, I know you really liked, and and I thought just didn't click to the same level. But w- for whatever reason, him and him and they, they always just work. You know, him and, and Tanahashi and Sonata, they just work a little bit better. They're they're kind of thinking man's wrestlers. They're a little bit more methodical and stuff. So I think that kind of plays a big role in it of, of, of how it sort of works. And yeah, I like some of the stuff you were talking about too. And I think I love the idea of Tanahashi just tapping out immediately because it, it makes sense that he's just like, ah, fuck it. You got me, whatever. <laughs> like, you know, and that's just kind of a thing that, you know, normally, you know, other wrestlers would, would, would fight it off and make it happen again. But Tanahashi's smart enough to realize that, hey, it's, it, it, it's important for, you know, Sonata for me to just tap out in this and, and, and make that skull end look like a million bucks. And then also uh, were useful as well to just, you know, to tell a good story in that and 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 get him ready for the final as well. So I, I like the story of that match too. So I was into it. Uh, then we'll get to the final here. Uh, Okada versus Sonata. Joe, I know you like this a little bit more than me, so I'll let you go, uh, go first. And then I'll give my uh, critiques. Yeah, I thought this was one of the better matches of the tournament overall. I went four and a half on this one. Um, I've seen people go higher than that. John Carroll went four and three quarters. Dave Meltzer went full five on this one. And I, I thought it, 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 look, it had all of the drama and excitement that you come to expect from a big New Japan main event. This felt like an IWGP heavyweight title match on a Dominion or a King of Pro Wrestling or, 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 you know, a, a show of that magnitude in terms of the, uh, the way that they built the drama and, and, and the sense of desperation from both wrestlers coming down the stretch with all the count. Now this, where, where Okada and Osprey came up a little short in this department, uh, I believe by design, I believe Okada went out there and, and because this had all of the counter and reversal uh, sequences and, and, the, and, and the feel of desperation from both wrestlers that you get in a big Okada match. And he didn't do that in his quarterfinal match. And the Ishii match was something just completely different. And then this felt like one of those big Okada title matches that we saw during his long run. And I thought Sonata was very good here. I thought it, it just goes to show. I mean, it's just it, it, this. It, you look at this whole tournament, and he just he works to the level of the wrestler he's in there with. He really does. And um, and I thought Sonata showed good emotion, which is very rare from him in this match. And the the crowd was into this all the way. You had people, but uh, in the crowd at least, buying into the idea that Sonata could win. And and yeah, this as a main event and a tournament final to me delivered precisely how it, it should have delivered yeah to me it didn't i i guess it didn't just it, the first half of the match kind of bored me and and that sort of took me out of it a little bit i love the finish the finishing closing the you know the finishing stretch the closing stretch whatever you want to say was awesome like i i the, the counters the counters to the counters the the back and forth like that was incredible that was just awesome pro wrestling 
but I, I can't discount when like the first 15 minutes just kind of put me to sleep and, and kind of bore me and like, and the crowd, it obviously didn't affect them. They were into it. And obviously the finish kind of worked out and it still ended up being a pretty good match. Like I think it went like four and a quarter. So it's one of those, like, why did you hate, you know, the same thing. I hate this match at four and a quarter. But to me, I, the reason I like the Ishii Okada a little bit more is those guys just went balls to the wall back and forth the entire time. Whereas this one, I think it was just, as you said, I think it did kind of play into the new Japan main event style where it was very slow, very slow, very slow. And then when they said, okay, now let's go the last 10 minutes or whatever, just balls the wall guys go nuts the entire time but with that said it's just like I, I i wanted a little bit more from it and i just think i left i left not necessarily disappointed because i i still very much liked it but i just thought ishin okada to me delivered a little bit more of what i want out of out of a big time wrestling match whereas this one i get why people liked it and i get why people liked it as, as much as they did it just didn't hit me on that level but yeah like i said i'm still four and a quarter with it so i still you were but. you weren't compelled by the first half of the match no i just kind of put me to sleep and i'm like all right let's get going here let's go let's go let's go and like i again i i, I watched that spoiled like i watch most of these shows spoiled unfortunately because i have to get these reviews up so i think that probably played a part in it knowing that like hey let's just get to the stretch where okada is going to win this and let's see what happens but then then they surprised me but the counters were great and i thought that was the best sonatas maybe ever looked in new japan those like last 10 minutes of this match and it was the most i've been into him but it's just yeah i wasn't compelled by the first 15 minutes or so of the match so yeah see i found the whole match bell to bell very interesting so that's the difference the subtle difference in opinion in the uh you know, in, in the final synopsis of the match. But overall, I enjoyed the fuck out of this great. tournament. Great. Yeah, great New Japan Cup this year. Great idea going to 32. Now, it's a great idea if you deliver. Uh, but they did end up delivering. I thought there was a lot of great stuff here. When you have 31 matches, some of them aren't going to land. That's just, you know, the way it's going to go. And some of the early round matches did not land. Um, you know, I thought some wrestlers look better than others. I mean, Tomohiro Ishii, he just... He's a fucking machine, and as much praise as everybody gives him, I still think we're going to look back on him in 20 years and, and consider him underrated. I mean, you, you, you could make the argument that he could be like wrestler of the year every year. I mean, he's that good, and he's been that good every year since like 2013. I mean, we're going on like six or seven straight years where you could argue that this guy's the best wrestler in the world. And it's just, he's not someone who ever racks up the awards or whatnot. He's not necessarily, he's not in the main events. Maybe he's just that guy who's like the second best wrestler in the world every year and someone just edges him out every year. Maybe that's the case. Yeah. But the fact of the matter is no one has been as good as this guy consistently for so long. Maybe Okada, um, you know, maybe Tanahashi, but it's like he, he may end up when it's all because he he's arguably the MVP of this tournament. He's Absolutely. The MVP. Oh, I don't even he's, think he's arguable. It's not arguable. He is. You could, you could argue he's the MVP of every tournament he's ever in. I mean, the guy is just a fucking machine. He's phenomenal. And I really don't think, with as much praise as he gets, that that the community at large gives him enough. Right, the mainstream community probably doesn't. The mainstream community attracts themselves to your, your Omegas, your Okadas, your Tanahashis, you know, those sort of guys, your Naitos or whatever. But, like, Ishii is kind of still, for whatever reason, belonging to the hardcores. And it's like, I, I don't know why, though, because, like, I don't know how you can watch that match. And not, and, and the thing with him is is there's other guys that might have, you know, better, like you said, Okada's a guy who might have better, you know, overall, you know, top, top tier matches. Tanahashi, maybe, you know, the, the other guys, even Omega in the prior years. But nobody's matches feel like Tomohiro Ishii's matches feel. No. You, you, and that's why, that's why I loved Ishii okada so much i was just like this oh my fucking god it's just like perfect like this guy is just incredible you just feel for him you want him to win like you made that impassioned speech you know a few years ago on the flagship about just like how you live and die by everything he does and every headbutt and the crowd does it too like they're all in it too but yeah for whatever reason it hasn't translated to the mainstream yet it's just kind of like the hardcores that that appreciate ichi at this point it's it's it, and it's strange i don't understand why 
And that's why I liked the Yoshihashi match so much and didn't want to just kind of blow through it when we easily could have. Because that was an example of Ishii working a to- from a totally different position. He was the favorite in that one. And Yoshihashi was in the underdog position. So it was a completely different kind of Ishii match where he's fending off the underdog. And he delivered in that one too with a guy who hasn't delivered in a year. I mean, Yoshihashi has not been good. And, 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 and he still delivered you know, in an unfamiliar position, you know, and against a guy who, who hasn't been very good. He's just a fucking machine. And he may very well be uh, the best wrestler in this decade. And I know a lot of the best of the decade stuff is going to be coming out and everything. And Okada is going to win all that stuff. Let's be honest. I mean, it, it, it's like last year where people were being delusional and we all knew Kenny Omega was going to clean up on everything and deservedly so. And it's like, we know Okada is going to clean up on those things. Okay. But in those, it's like, it's like, it might be Ishii. Like he, I really don't think it's weird. It's like, I still think he's underrated, which is criminal at this point. I don't, it's just, it's just a bizarre thing. And I, I'm not sure that all of us or even some of us are, 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 are really appreciating what we have with this guy. All right, and that is, of course, the New Japan Cup. Uh, I think this leads in nicely to the G1 Supercard. As I said, we're going to do our massive, massive WrestleMania weekend preview uh, coming up early next week. But uh, Joe and I, we are going to at least touch on some of the big shows here. Uh, We'll start off with the G1 Supercard. You and I are both going, of course, the big Madison Square Garden show. Uh, And I think let's start at the top. Okada wins the New Japan Cup, and now he goes to face Jay White for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship in the main event of the show. And Joe, I'm assuming you're with me. This is ending with Okada hitting that rainmaker, as you as you said on your you know the on, on Patreon. We put it up on on Twitter as well. The video, like it is, it is not only the right choice; it's the only choice. As Okada hits that rainmaker, the gold falls from the ceiling of the Madison Square Garden, and people just got to go absolutely nuts. And Okada is your new champion after Madison Square Garden. Uh, for people that did not listen to that for whatever reason, uh, why, why why is it so obvious that it's Okada? Why is that the right move? Yeah, I I went. I did a fifteen minute monologue on this topic behind the paywall we put it up for free on youtube if you're not a subscriber you can find it on youtube and i i I go into extreme detail as to why it's 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 not just the right call that okada wins this match it's the only call it's the only possible decision to be made there is no argument for jay white to win this match um what i'm seeing from a lot of people is that jay white would be hurt if he lost in his first defense and and it would derail him and it would throw away all the hard work that they've done in getting him over. And I think that's absolute bullshit. Um, a loss to Kazuchika Okada, one of the greatest wrestlers of all time, one of the greatest New Japan wrestlers of all time, um, a star of this magnitude at his peak, losing to that guy in Madison Square Garden on the biggest stage possible uh, is not going to hurt Jay White. Okay, this he's not losing the title to Sonata. Okay, this is Okada. Kazuchika Okada. Okay, he's not going to be hurt by losing this. He's undefeated against this man anyway, coming into the match. He's already beaten him twice. He's been a thorn in his side. He's been a pain in his ass. The whole story here is how he has Okada's number, and Okada can't figure him out. He's got his wins over Okada. He's got his big wins over Tanahashi, including a title win over Tanahashi. How many more big scalps does this guy need? He's a made guy. Don't worry about Jay White. Jay White can and will eat that rainmaker in the center of the ring 
And they and New Japan is going to give those fans that moment of Okada up on that turnbuckle with that title, with those Okada bucks falling from the ceiling. And and and, and that's what you're getting. And it's not going to hurt Jay White at all. Jay White is going to be fine. He's a made guy. He's established at the championship level. He has his big wins already. If he had never beaten Okada, my opinion might be different here. It might be. But that's not the world we're living in. We're living in a world where he already beat this guy twice, and he's and he's gotten the best of him at every turn. In G1 matches, in the Tokyo Dome at Wrestle Kingdom, okay? He can absorb a loss to this guy for this title. In that building, on this weekend, okay, he could absorb a loss of that guy and it won't damage him at all. Not one iota. It's a bad read of the room if you think that that's going to derail, hurt, or stall Jay White. Don't worry about Jay White. And the other thing here is Jay White's future in that company. This is not, this is not his definitive title run. He will have more, okay? So that's the other thing you need to remember. And you have to remember that his future in this company is not as a heel. It's as a babyface. This guy at some point is going to be a huge babyface star, money drawing babyface star for this company. That's the title run people need to be concerned with. That's the title run that doesn't need to be ended on its first defense and all of those things. This one is a heel title run to establish his position at the top of the company, to establish that he's a main eventer. And the entire story of Jay White to this point is not that he's better than these guys. It's that he's been more savvy. It's that he's been trickier. It's that he's used mind games. It's that he's been conniving. It's that he's used his heel manager to help him. He can lose clean to a legend. It's not a problem. And it won't hurt him if he does. The argument is absurd. I understand why people are saying that, but it does not apply here. Jay White is eating a Rainmaker in that match. He's getting pinned clean in the middle, and off we go. He will be fine. He will be fine. So, yeah, and, and and when you look at the history, too, like I, I think, you know, not necessarily that history always repeats itself, but like Big Van Vader, first reign, zero successful defenses. Ricky Choshu, zero successful defenses you know fujinami uh one successful defense in his first reign it'll be fine <laughs> tanahashi uh what i think uh, or nakanishi i should say in his little uh one run that he had you know not, it, it uh chono his first run uh you know no successful defenses like this is not you know it's not groundbreaking here Guy, guys about, do this about, and it's fine yeah <laughs> how about okada losing it right, <laughs> right. how's he doing now he's doing it, okay yeah did okada losing losing it right back to tanahashi uh, stall his momentum how how'd that turn out so I mean we could go on and on and on. It's this is I this is panic for no reason whatsoever. And and listen, he beat Will Ospreay. I understand it wasn't a title match, but he beat Will Ospreay in the main event of a New Japan show as champion, and he did so you know clean in the middle. And okay, look, I get there was the one Guido spot. That's the point here is he beat Will Ospreay in the middle of the ring, and in a and again. That tells you he's above that level of guy. They've got him slotted where he needs to be slotted at the top. Okay, there's no problem here losing to Okada. Almost anybody else, I'd say, yeah, you know, he needs to win. But this is Okada. Do people not realize the man he's wrestling here? They don't realize the, the the magnitude of star that he's facing in this match. How is a loss to that guy going to hurt you in this spot when you've already beat him twice? So yeah, Okada should win and he will win. And if he doesn't win. I, you know, that I don't understand. I mean, I don't think it's any kind of disastrous booking call for Jay White to win, but I don't understand it. 
Why not send the people home? I would the- I would be stunned if they send people home with it with a, a heel winning with you know by some nefarious means or whatever. Like that just seems tone deaf. You know that that's that's killing like because that 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 is an iconic image of, of Okada raising his hands up in the air with the, you said the Okada bucks falling from the sky with the title draped on him at Madison Square Garden. Like that is you can you have B roll for life with that. Why yeah. would you pass that up just to have Jay White like you know snicker away in the darkness while Jado you know hits him with a with the kendo stick or whatever? Like that's not. I mean, I would be stunned. I would be. I'd be shocked if that's how they end Madison Square Garden. That yeah, that would be a, just, a gigantic misstep. Would it be any kind of negative effect on their business or anything? No, but it would just not be good to do that. I mean, for the fans there and everything else. Right. right. And it's just and and look, the story moving forward needs to be. How do we get to Okada versus Naito in one of those back-to-back Tokyo Dome shows um, in, in the most impressive and, and, and way possible and with the best uh, built possible uh, match between those two? That's the goal here. Don't worry about J-Way right now. Jay White's 26 years old and has a decade in front of him uh, where you can do whatever you want with Jay White. Right now, you've got back-to-back Dome shows to fill, and one of them has to be Okada and Naito. you got to get that title on the one of those guys sooner or later. Why not Madison Square Garden on the biggest stage possible? Just do it now. And then Naito wins G1, and away we go. Okay? And then you build to Naito Okada in one of those dome shows. That should be the focus now. Jay White, establishing Jay White has been done already. It's over. We did that. Mission accomplished. That's a, you know, that part of it, that part of his story is done. So it just doesn't, it's like I say, it, it's, it doesn't just make the most sense. It's really the, the only decision here is for Okada to win that match. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm excited for that match too. I cannot wait to do that. And and it, it hit me as I was watching, uh, I was watching that Ishin Okada match and I think Okada's music came on. I was just like, holy fuck, man, <laughs> in like a week's time, I'm going to be sitting at Madison square garden watching, you know, Okada hit that rainmaker and the one, two, three. And I was just like, man, I can't wait. Like, I'm just, Oh Jesus, that's going to be just an incredible uh, moment. Otherwise on this card, let's uh, I'm actually, we'll start from the beginning and kind of work our way back. Uh, up, we have the Honor Rumble, uh, Rumble Rules, Battle Royal. Uh, one of 30 entrants announced so far. We have Jushin Thunder Liger. I think they announced some other ROH dorks uh, that are going to be in this as well. Um, but still, even when you add all the ROH guys that are going to be there but not really doing anything else and your Silas Youngs and all those sort of guys, there's still a lot of room for surprises, and I cannot wait to see who comes out. People have mentioned Muda as a potential. Since he's going to be there, that would be awesome. It's an opportunity for Kai. I, I don't know what the hell, but I mean, they have, they have a lot of slots to fill in this Honor Rumble, and I can't wait to see who they decide to fill it with. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of surprises here, and there's going to be a lot of ROH guys that aren't booked and that sort of thing. So, uh, look, it's like you're getting what turned out to be a really great card because we're going to talk about this card, but it, it's arguably the best show on paper of the entire weekend. Um, but you're also getting like a Royal Rumble. Yeah, you know, I can't wait. I love Royal Rumble. So it's like I've never been to a card, Rumble. I've never been to a Royal Rumble, but this will work. I'm a Rumble will work, you know. And it just continues to speak to what I've been saying all along about WrestleMania weekend too. If you were patient and you waited it out, all of the shows that you figured were going to look best on paper, that's exactly how it played out. This show, the NXT TakeOver show, the Rev Pro show, I thought Gabe Sapolsky has done a tremendous job putting together the Evolve show and the and the, um, and the WWN Super Show, the WrestleCon Super Show, all of the shows that we knew would eventually deliver if we were patient did. I mean, these are all the best lineups of the weekend. And this show is neck and neck with me. Uh, with the NXT show as the best overall lineup of the weekend. 
Uh, Will Ospreay versus Jeff Cobb. That's our like true opener. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's Will Ospreay is the never weight champion versus Jeff Cobb, the ROH champion. This is a winner take all match as well for the two titles, which is an interesting little uh, uh, stipulation there. But yeah, Will Ospreay versus Jeff Cobb. It's just like on the show. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's awesome. Yeah. No. Yeah. It, it, look, the interesting thing here is title for title. So real curious how the booking here is going to play out. And um, I have no doubt. Jeff Cobb could be a little hit or miss, but he's been more hit than miss in ROH. Yeah, big shows too. Big, big, and and in the preview that you're going to hear uh, next week, uh, Sean Cedar, John Carroll, and I talk about this match, and 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 Sean and I kind of talk about how Jeff Cobb. I mean, when whether he's been hit or miss, like on the big shows, he has not been missed. He has delivered on you know honor, you know whether it be a final battle, whether it be an anniversary show, whether it be those big kind of ROH pay per views, he delivers. So uh, and yeah. he's against the best opponent to deliver against in Will Ospreay. So yeah, I have high hopes for this. The booking is going to be interesting. Like I can't yeah. see Will Ospreay losing right now but like you know jeff cobb is a push commodity too so it's like two really push commodities uh, i don't necessarily know if the match needs to happen but i'm glad it is happening because it'll be pretty fun to see uh, yeah i mean whoever whoever wins do they quickly drop it back to the same guy on an, on another show i don't yeah. it's very interesting to me so very interesting uh roosh versus dalton castle uh, this one a little less interesting this is basically let's get roosh a, a big win over former uh, ring of honor champion uh excited to see this but i hope it goes pretty quick too because dalton castle is not what he used to be uh and roosh is probably better off just getting a huge pop and getting in and out of there you know five minutes or whatever and just beating dalton castle and getting a good win but uh what are your thoughts on, on roosh and dalton castle? i want to see what kind of pop roosh gets in msg wrestlemania weekend that i am so curious um how how over um the level that he's over in that building is going to be fascinating for me. If that, if he gets over, you know, huge, that can give this match the juice that it needs. Um, You know, you've got a guy who's broken down and a guy who's getting acclimated to a different style of wrestling, but two pretty charismatic guys too. So that's, what's going to have to carry this. And I want to see how over Roosh can be in that setting. Uh, we have Mayu Uwatani defending the Women of Honor Championship against Kelly Klein. So we saw this at uh, the anniversary show. Uh, hopefully it is better, <laughs> but uh, I don't know because it's got Kelly Klein in it. So I don't know if it's going to be better. No, it probably won't be. It was the worst show at the anniversary, not the anniversary show. The, uh, yeah, the anniversary. Yeah, anniversary. Show. Yeah, yeah. And and you know it'll it'll probably be the worst match on this show. I mean, you know, we don't know Bully Ray's opponent, but um, you know, I don't have high expectations for this at all. And that's a good segue to uh, Bully Ray versus TBA in a New York City street fight. Of course, I think a lot of us assumed it was going to be Flip Gordon. He re-injured his knee at uh, an OTT show, so he is now out. It looks like he's going to be out another six months, which really sucks uh, for him because he had a lot of momentum before he got hurt. So we have a uh, still to be announced. Do you have any uh, any ideas? We've heard some some fun names come out there. Do you have anybody that you would like to see in the spot? I never bought into the Flip Gordon thing because I think they finished that story at Final Battle, and there is no better way to finish that story with that just ridiculously over-the-top, super fun match that they had. Um, so I never bought in that it was going to be Flip, but now we it's kind of set in stone because the you know the guy's injured again. You know, the popular choice and the best choice that everyone's talking about is Minoru Suzuki because yeah. everyone gets to sing along with the song, and he's the perfect guy to put this asshole in his place, the, the heel asshole and all that. Um, but you know, I think what we're going to get is, is maybe some teases and, you know, some, some people come out that aren't the real opponent and then maybe Suzuki's music hits, um, whatever they do here. I just hope it doesn't eat up a lot of time because last year in New Orleans, that bully race segment on a show that was already (laughs) egregiously long, just ate up so much time. Just get it, cut your heel promo, get your booze, hit Suzuki's music, choke them out, hit the gotch, and get out. You can do this in nine minutes. This doesn't need to be 
a 28 minute segment. I'll move on now to a, uh, a match that's kind of a sleeper match of the night. Like, I don't, you know, I kind of forget that it's happening, and it's like, Jesus Christ, like, this match is going to be awesome. Uh, Junior Heavyweight Championship, uh, Taiji Ishimori defending his title against Dragon Lee and Bandito. So I uh, would have preferred this just be Ishimori versus Dragon Lee, uh, but a big opportunity for Bandito, and I'm sure regardless, it's going to be pretty fucking awesome. I mean, it, it, it's just like a random match with, like, two of the best juniors in the world, you know, just smacked into the middle of the show. I mean, goddamn, we're, we're getting spoiled here. Yeah, from a booking perspective, you like the one-on-one. But when you put that aside, this has a chance to be one of the five best matches of the weekend. So it's hard to complain from that perspective. You roll your eyes at the, you know, you know, doing these three and four ways. But on paper, this can be one of the best matches of the entire weekend. A match that uh, doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I'm going to need you to explain this one a little bit uh, here. If you can, winner take all four-way tag team match for the IWGP and ROH World Tag Team titles. You have the Grills of Destiny, who, of course, the IWGP Heavyweight Champions, uh, Villain Enterprises, PCO, and Brody King, who are the ROH Champions, versus LIJ of Evil and Sonata, versus the Briscoes, Jay and Mark. Uh, Joe, there is a scenario where Jay Briscoe pins Evil and wins the ROH and IWGP Heavyweight Championships, correct? Yeah. <laughs> what? Why? And I, and I think the Briscoes are facing Villain Enterprises <laughs> at some point before this show for the titles. I could be wrong about that. But at any rate, Again, the booking is interesting because who are they going du- to – we have to have double champions coming out of this, right? I mean, that has uh, It says winner take all. It says winner take all. So, I don't, yeah, I don't know if it's a scenario where it's like two different falls and one wins the IC or one wins the um, IWGP and then the other one wins the ROH. They're saying winner take all, four-way. So it is whoever leaves this. But it's just – it's interesting that there are two teams that don't have titles in this. I would get it if you had a third team in there and it was still like whatever. But like again, like I said, the scenario is that Jay Briscoe hits the J drill on Evil and wins both titles, even though – Evil didn't have any of the titles, and they didn't have any of the titles. They put nothing on the line here, and 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 c- could come away with both set of tag team titles. So it's a very uh, strange. Uh, so I, I maybe you can't explain it to me, but is it first pin? Or... I think so. Winner take all four way. That's when I hear that, I hear first pin. So I hear that. Yeah, you know, Mark does the frog splash and pins Sonata in the middle of the ring and wins the titles. Like I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. This could be wild and it could be bonkers. Um, and then the booking is obviously fascinating. So. Uh, I, I yeah I don't know a bizarre a bizarre match really yeah I'm not loving it uh it's it, it's a strange I'm mean, sure the match itself is gonna be pretty good the inclusion of the Lij and and, and Briscoe's probably made this a better match but yeah the booking is is definitely a little strange and then we get uh, I guess to the quote unquote business end even though there's been a lot of good business before this uh, Zack Saber Jr versus Tanahashi for the British Heavyweight Championship yeah I mean just you know it's like I I don't like the chemistry between these two but to add this to the show <laughs> fourth from the top. <laughs> like, I mean, you know, that's just a great gift to the fans and, you know, they're delivering on a monster lineup when that's fourth from the top. To add this and to add Naito versus uh, Kota Ibushi for the Intercontinental title, it put this show from where it was kind of shaky, a little iffy, to easily, you know, arguably uh, one of the best on-paper shows of the week. I mean, it's got to be neck and neck with NXT with top to bottom show of the weekend on paper. And... um and and this these are just two huge matches to add to this thing that they didn't have to do with a show that was already sold out and everything else. But you know, I think that also helps from a consumer confidence standpoint yes. moving forward. Mm-hmm. So um, you know, I think I think that's big too. Something that not a lot of people are, have brought up concerning adding those two matches. And um, you know, after the disaster that was the visa issue uh, with the uh, U.S. New Beginning tour. Yeah, I think uh, you know, and, and we we discussed it a little bit on the on the preview 
for this one is that maybe the Dallas tickets play a part in this of like, all right, cool. Like we get it that maybe people are a little apprehensive to go to new Japan shows in America. Now we'll give them this and then they'll know, no, we are going to deliver top notch stuff when we can. Of course, these issues come up, the visas come up. Well, obviously that's going to be a problem all weekend. I think for a lot of companies, we've seen it kind of rear its ugly head a few times already, but uh, yeah, that could, that could be in a situation of like, Hey, look, have some confidence in us again. We are going to deliver big. Uh, and then another thing that John brought up uh, as well as John said that, that, MSG means so much New Japan, more than I think maybe we understand how much it means. I mean, that is the house that Inoki, I mean, they had the MSG tournament, they had the MSG title, you know, he was, he would go there, Fujinami would go there, all these guys would go there, and there's on New Japan World, there's all this, uh, these special videos about what MSG means to these wrestlers or whatnot, and it's just like, yeah, we, I think we maybe take for granted how much New Japan realizes that this is just a super moment for them to be in Madison Square Garden, being able to give their brand of pro wrestling to that weekend and steal the show and be all that it is, so that's, it, it's not lost on them how important this building is and how important this weekend is for them. So I think it's just like, hey, look, yeah, we're sold out. Yeah, we could just stuff these guys in random tag matches, but we're not going to do that. We're going to steal the show and steal the weekend, and this is going to be the, we're going to be the talk of this weekend coming out, not anybody else. And I think that's that's an awesome uh, drive to do that. I, I'm glad they did. You know, and again, sure. that, and then again, that's why Okada is going to win. Right, exactly, because it's all about those moments, that B-roll, the images, the the, the moments, like that, it's all that stuff that you want to have, and you, you you don't get that with Jay White cowering into the back, you know with Gato, you know, <laughs> on his shoulders or whatever. That, that's that's not that moment. So, yeah, you talked about uh, Naito and Ibushi. Like, I can't believe we're getting Naito and Ibushi for the IC title. I mean, that's just an... Un- and the thing with this is Sabre and, and, and Tanahashi, Naito and Ibushi, and White and Okada can all... That's like three months of main event matches. You, you know what I mean? Like, they could have gone to August with this, with those three matches. They've got it all in one night. They've got three months worth of main event matches there <laughs> in a year where they have a stacked schedule where they need desperately need main yeah. event matches. So it, it really goes to show that they're pulling out on a show that was already sold out. So it really goes to show that they've really pulled out all the stops to give the fans a tremendous lineup on this show. And we weren't positive we were going to get that. I mean, they could have given the IWGP heavyweight title match and thrown all these other guys in some interesting looking tags. And we would have been really fine with that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I would have been fine with that. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't care. <laughs> I don't think any of us saw this coming, you know, provided these guys were in good looking tags or something and not like throwaway six man. You know what I'm saying when I say that, you know, star, you, you, you get the idea. But it's like, I thought that's what we were going to get. I had no idea we were going to get two matches of this magnitude added to the card. I mean, Naito Abushi easily could be the best match of the entire weekend. Easily. I mean, I think most people would handicap it. There's a lot of people who would handicap that and say it will be. Would that be outlandish to say that's the, the clubhouse leader? Oh, I, I would say for sure. I mean, yeah, those guys are just, I mean, they, they, they can't help but have like four-star match. Like, you know what I mean? Like on the base level of those guys is, yeah, I think that for sure has the chance to be the match the entire week. And look, they're going to get time. You know that. It's for a title. It's, uh, you know, second or third from the top or whatever it is on a huge show in front of a giant crowd that's going to be hot for it. That might be the odds-on favorite for the best match of the entire weekend. So, and, and you know, to add matches of that magnitude to the card is you, if you've got a ticket to this or you're planning on going to this, you got to be thrilled. Absolutely. And then uh, ROH, uh, the uh, ROH World Championship in a three-way ladder match. Uh, we talked about a little bit last week. Jay Lethal versus Marty Skrull versus Matt Taven. So uh, thoughts on on the three-way, uh, the ladder match stipulation, and and, and this match uh, where it is on the placement. Which I think this match is going to be pretty good, pretty damn good. It's just like it's hard to not. 
it's hard to get excited when you see everything else that's on this card, uh, and, and especially those other three matches we just got done talking about. But I still think this one's going to be really good, and, and I think the moment of Marty Scroll going out there and winning that title uh, would be a pretty cool thing as well if they do that. So we'll see. Look, I can't get into it, and I don't like the fact that they added Taven, but when I'm sitting there in the building and they're killing it, in you know, in what will probably be an awesome ladder match because these guys are going to. You think these three guys are going to go out there after Tanahashi, Zack Saber Jr., Naito, and Abushi very likely fucking kill it, and after that Junior three way kills it, and after Willow Spray and Jeff Cobb kill it. Okay, you think these three guys are going to go out there and not do everything they in their in, in, in they right. can. In a ladder match at Madison Square Garden, they yes. know the significance of that too. Yeah, don't, so, don't. so so do I think this match is going to deliver? Yeah, I do think it's going to deliver. Am I into it? Do I care necessarily all that much about it? No. Adding Matt Taven kind of sucked all the juice out of it for me. Jay Lethal, as we know, is very hit or miss. Uh, you know, but these guys are look. I'd be stunned if they don't go out there and have a good match. There's no way that they're having a bad. They're not going to allow themselves to have a bad. No, match. no. They, that would be that would be one of the monumental failures in pro wrestling is to go out there and just lay a fucking dud in between Naito and Ibushi and and, and White and Okada. Like they know that they they understand that, and I'm sure the Ring of Honor guys are saying that too. Like, dude, got you know we we want to steal the show too. Like this is this is partly competition with, with everything else mm-hmm. that's running this weekend, but also Ring of Honor doesn't want to look because right now on paper they look like you know the the, the little stepchildren uh, to New Japan, and it might be that way when the show is over but i think this is a great opportunity for roh to go no 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 no. we're on the show too roh slash new japan here at madison square garden i don't know if they're going to do it but i think they're going to try all they can to, to, to make that happen so let me tell you something else too this match can have heat marty Skrull is over like a motherfucker oh yeah absolutely and and people are going to be woot woot all night long they're going to be into him winning the title and rich i was stunned we talked about last week at how over lethal versus taven was at the at the at the anniversary show so I think this match is going to have a good amount of heat as well and, and a very good crowd to go along with it. And this is the kind of match where I think people in the back are going to try to talk these guys out of doing dangerous things. Because I, I think they're going to try too hard to go out there and really steal the show or at least match up to these other matches. And they might be overly ambitious. I'm a little worried for these guys. They might try some shit that they shouldn't that, – that, that, that they got no business trying. So – I do think it will deliver, and I do think the match itself will be over, despite the fact that it's wedged in between all of these monumental New Japan main events. Yeah, absolutely. So that is the G1 Supercard. Other shows going on this weekend, uh, big ones that we want to talk about uh, before we bid adieu here on this flagship. But like I said, you are going to get many, many hours of, of Joe and I uh, next uh, early Monday. Uh, it'll host. So yeah, you'll get a lot of and every everything you could possibly know about WrestleMania weekend or, uh, early next week. Tentative plan is to upload that on Monday uh, if anything goes wrong. Tuesday at the absolute latest because uh, I got to be out by uh, Wednesday already. So, yeah, Tuesday or Monday or Tuesday, uh, gunning for Monday to have that preview up on uh, this uh, this uh, podcast feed. But uh, let's get to uh, Takeover real quick. We can talk about this show here. We got, of course, going on Friday, so it moved over to April 5th to let MSG have its own deal. Uh, and then you have uh, this match. So now we know every single match after this uh, tonight's Takeover. We have the War Raiders uh, defending the uh, tag team titles against Aleister Black and Ricochet. You won the Dusty uh, Classic. I got Pete Dunn versus Walter you got Johnny uh, Gargano versus Adam Cole for the vacant NXT championship Velveteen Dream versus Matt Riddle for the North American championship Shayna Baszler Io Shirai Bianca Belair and Kyrie Sane fatal four-way for the NXT women's championship and like you said Joe we always talk about every week or every WrestleMania weekend I hey, this is the this show and that show and this guy and that guy and then at the end of the weekend it's usually like man fucking takeover was the best <laughs> takeover is a great show this one looks like another awesome one five matches nice and compact 
everything's got a back story. Everything's got some some good build to it, and every match has, I think, the potential to be very, very good. What are your overall thoughts on uh, uh, NXT Takeover New York? The ceiling on every one of these matches is great. Yeah, every one of them could be great. Um, obviously, there's five matches. One or two are going to get short shafted on time a little. My big fear is Walter and Pete Dunn will be one of them. Um, I could totally see those guys getting like 11 minutes and it's going to piss me off because after that was one of the rare contract signings they did on NXT UK this week that actually got me more interested in a match because I hate the contract signing gimmick, but the dynamic between those two and Walter finally speaking and just, there's just a palpable chemistry between the two. I cannot wait for that. And, um, you know, Adam Cole and Johnny Gargano in the main event, I know Adam Cole has his detractors, two of them on this podcast you're listening to. But Rich, I always say this. I never worry about Adam Cole in a big spot. When Adam Cole has to deliver, he does. He's a very smart wrestler. He's not doing reckless, crazy, dangerous things unless he has to. He's not putting you know his body on the line unless he has to. You put Adam Cole in the main event of a takeover on WrestleMania weekend for a title in a title match and a, a title he's probably winning, by the way. If you don't think they're going to go out there and have a great match, you're nuts. Adam Cole, Johnny Gargano is 100% going to deliver. I have zero doubt in my mind. None. No doubt. That match is going to be awesome and one of the best matches of the weekend. I don't have any question about it. The tag team match, when you the people involved in that, you can write that one down. That's going to be, you know, the, the floor on that is four stars. Floor. That's the floor on Ricochet and Aleister Black versus the War Raiders. I'm not in love with the Raw Raider, War Raider gimmick. They do nothing but deliver in NXT. Absolutely. They're great wrestlers, yeah. They do nothing but deliver. And look at the two guys they're in there with. Yeah, because Aleister Black and Ricochet. <laughs> I mean, come on. Yeah, had over. a tremendous run in the Dusty Classic. Every step of the way. You know, all of a sudden, these two guys who were thrown together are one of the best tag teams in the world. So I don't worry about that match. Matt Riddle versus Velveteen Dream. How can that not deliver? I mean, come on. Yeah, it'll be heat. Even if the match itself, even if the match itself, which I don't doubt will. I mean, if Velveteen Dream steps up huge, Matt Riddle's awesome. Even even if the match is like slightly below, it's still the charisma is going to be off the charts. And just like, yeah, yeah. I mean, but it's going to be great. I mean, it's going to be awesome. Yeah, and the outcome is in doubt. You know, that's the other thing. That's a fifth. That's a coin flip match. Yeah, for sure. You know, Riddle. I could see Riddle taking his first loss there, and I could. Oh, see for Riddle. sure. No, I, I have Dream winning actually because I think it makes more sense. He's a guy that I feel like benefits from having a title around his waist a little bit more than Matt Riddle does. So that's yeah. where I'm going with that. But yeah, you could just as easily tell me that Riddle's going to beat him. So yeah, I could see Riddle winning that, or I could see like you're saying Riddle losing and then put him in the chase position a little, give him his first loss. And now he's coming after the guy, you know, you could, so that's a 50, 50 match, the women's match. I think that like Dunn and Walter has a big chance, has, has a, has a, a, a chance to get cut on the time. They Baszler, they don't put her out there for, for a half hour. They don't do that to Baszler. And I think that's smart. So I could totally see them going out there with this four-way and just going balls to the wall for nine minutes. Can't you see that? I could totally see that scenario playing out. I think it'll be good. I think there'll be this will be one of those matches that's carefully agented out. It'll be um, you know um, just just crazy action from bell to bell. It'll go eight or nine minutes, and it'll be a crowd-pleasing match. Um, so look, this show looks fucking incredible on paper, and I'm very excited about it. And um, I'm almost positive that, you know, I can get in the building and um, well, I know I can get in the building, but the, 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 the ticket prices on this are 
exorbitant. I mean, there, are, I, there are a lot. Yeah, I'm really holding out hope that they go down uh, as we get a little closer. I don't know if that's going to happen. Yeah, it's not yeah. a cheap ticket, but I'm, I'm as we're previewing this more, I'm like, I, I'm actually refreshing the ticket. Yeah. StubHub as it's, we speak because we're talking about it. I'm like, ah, I got to be here. Like, come on. And I yeah, go to when, show, yeah. And when you're already buying seven or eight tickets and you're paying for a hotel and you're paying for train. Yeah, I, what's I it? hundred bucks at this point. <laughs> no, I, no, I'm the opposite. I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm already, no, you know, I'm already deep into this. Who cares? Yeah. Yeah, you figure you're pot committed, you know, you'll figure out how to pay the electric bill later. I understand that. But it's like I understand if people are balking at the ticket price. I'm balking at it a little. I mean, I'm I think I have it in. Um, you know, I, but but we'll see. But you know, the the card on paper is just uh tremendous. And I would say because there's no fat on the card. It's got to be the we talk about what's the clubhouse leader for best match of the weekend, right? If you're talking about clubhouse leader for best show of the weekend, that has to be number one, right? Oh, for sure. No fat on this show. Five matches, all with good builds, all with good wrestlers. And that, that's why TakeOver's reign supreme this entire weekend. There's no filler. They're, like you said, the ROH thing is going to be – that entire G1 Supercard is going to be great, but that Bully race segment might suck. I mean, Mayu Watani and Kelly Klein is probably going to suck. Nothing is going to suck on the show. Everything is going to be, all these five matches are going to be great. And that's why takeovers usually reign supreme because everything you get is great every single time. Right. Now the MSG show might end up being better if all the big matches deliver huge. If right. there's like, if there's six, four and a half star matches. On <laughs> right. It, that's going to be it. Yeah. Yeah. But listen, that's what takeover always is. It's always like three or four, four and a half star matches. So those are the two best shows on paper. I mean, people will lie to themselves and try to convince themselves that insert indie here has the better lineup, but top to bottom, I mean, you know, it, it, to me, those are the two. And NXT just doesn't have anything that could. I don't. I can't see anything on Takeover not being good, which is why I would put it in the number one spot. Absolutely. So that's uh, that's Takeover, and then we'll finish out here with WrestleMania 35. Joe, are you ready and strapped in? How do you, do you want me to list all the matches? And we kind of do what we just did. I think that was a good style to do it because if we go one by one, we're going to be here for two hours. Because I, I don't think we have a ton to say. One by go one by one, and we just give a a, a a brief sentence or two until we get to the stuff that really matters. All right. So I'm going to get to. Uh, actually, I'll do I'll do an opposite order. Wikipedia's got it in kind of a weird order, but I want to okay. go in order of importance here. So we'll start out with the Fatal Four Way Tag Match for the Women's Tag Team Titles. The Boss and hug connection the champions versus the divas of doom beth phoenix and natalia versus the iconics uh versus nia Jax and tamina yeah i mean we're we're getting everyone on the show i mean you're always going to have some matches like this at wrestlemania and you've got the beth phoenix thing which they set up at the last pay-per-view um you know this is harmless and they'll be in and out quickly and it'd be nice if banks and bailey had a better one-on-one match uh, with with another team on it, but look, that's what happens it. at WrestleMania. We yeah, we it, get yeah. it. You either get squeezed out entirely, or you get squeezed into a shoehorn match like this one, where they're just shoehorning everybody onto the show. So it's nothing to get excited about, but it'll probably just it'll be fine. Yeah, and and there's actually a. I mean, there's a ton of singles matches on this one too. So, so to only have a few of these multi-person matches, I'll actually give them a little bit of credit for that. There's, yeah. they shoehorned everybody in by making the show nine hours long, but they didn't shoehorn them in by just like throwing everybody in like meaningless tag matches. Other than this one, where there's, you know, maybe a little bit of fat in here, but like for the most part, it, it, it's gonna be fine. It, it gets everybody on there and it gets them a nice little uh, uh, moment here at, at Mania. But uh, Buddy Murphy and Tony Nice, which uh, <laughs> I mean, ninety-nine percent or a hundred percent, this is gonna be on the uh, pre-show. Uh, the two-hour yeah, I mean, pre-show, Buddy Murphy versus Tony Nese for the Cruiserweight title. Definitely a pre-show match. I've talked about this ad nauseum behind the paywall because I review 205 Live every week. Uh, look, Tony Nese is an interesting choice for the WrestleMania spot. 
But there's a story here. These guys were stablemates. Buddy Murphy um, attacked Tony Nese after he won the tournament. So Tony Nese is now um, uh, babyface. And, um, you know, it, it, it's they could have done Cedric Alexander again, but I guess that would have been repetitive. We've seen that. Um, so, look, they 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 decided to turn, turn Tony Nese and have Buddy Murphy face his former tag team partner slash what they call training partner, as these guys are the power juniors of the show. So, look, I think it could be good. Um, you know, I, I don't give it the same ceiling that I give some of the other Buddy Murphy matches because I, I want to see Tony Nese deliver in a big spot before I do something like that. Um, I think still to this day, the best Tony Nice match I may have ever seen was against Trent Beretta on an Evolve show. Oh, like I remember that one. That match does you rock. That? Yeah, that, that match fucking match. rocks. Yeah, <laughs> like Believe it or not, like it doesn't sound like it rocks, but it does. It's fucking great. Yeah, and I guess the Noam Dar falls count anywhere about a month ago on 205 Live was really good too. But, you know, let's see what Tony Nice could do and what I think we can both safely say is the biggest match of his life. Absolutely. We got Bobby Lashley versus Finn Balor for the IC title. I have literally nothing to say about this. So yeah, <laughs> the demon, I, mean, I guess it'll be the demon. I guess that's one thing. It's will it demon, be? So I, I don't know. I think that's, I think they alluded to it a little bit, but I don't know for sure. I guess it's not, I, I guess it's not set in stone that it'll be the demon, but I, I thought they kind of alluded to that, but. I I mean, I don't know. This feud, <laughs> Who cares? this feud has been going on forever, and I got to be completely honest. I'm not trying to be negative. I just don't give a shit. About yeah, this that's match. fine. We'll move on. Joe, Samoa Joe versus Rey Mysterio here for the United States Championship. Joe, of course, the champion uh, defending against Rey Mysterio. So not Almas uh, versus Rey, which a lot of us thought we were going to get at Mania. Uh, so we get Samoa Joe versus Rey Mysterio. Yeah, I mean, we've had Almas Rey a couple times now, and, and they were good matches, and Samoa Joe is a champion and you know, this is kind of a, to have Samoa Joe and Rey Mysterio Jr. One-on-one at a WrestleMania. It's cool. It's kind of cool. I don't, I'm not going to complain about that. I mean, yeah, the Andrade match would have been better, but I guess you could have put the title on Andrade to get to that. But look, I'm not going to complain about this. I'll be interested in this. This is an interesting match to me. And I want to see if Samoa Joe, who's really more character and promo at this stage of his career, uh, then he is, uh, you know, bell to bell. If he can kind of reach into the time capsule and these guys can go out there for the, you know, nine minutes that they're going to get and and have a shockingly good match. All right. So we have the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. So far, we have Braun Strowman, Michael Che, and Colin Jost uh, from Saturday Night Live as our only competitors uh, so far for the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. How do uh, you like the weekend update guys jumping into the uh, Andre the Giant Battle Royal versus Braun Strowman, who, uh, they have poured ice water on, and he's just a dude now. So, look, I think this just speaks to the damage that they've done to him. Oh my God. <laughs> we can be serious about it for a minute. It's like, it's just this is where Braun Strowman is in the pecking yeah. order when at one point he really could have been the guy. And they just didn't want him to be, to be the guy. And he's, they've made sure that that didn't happen. And, you know, now he's in a jabroni battle royal doing comedy with, comedians and last year winning tag Nicholas, yeah. <laughs> I mean look look it's this it's really baffling to me what they've done with this guy and I don't know if you can get it back to where they had it with him I, I don't even know if that's possible anymore but um you know this is uh this is Wrestlemania and this is the kind of crap that they do and you know it, it, you're either yeah, you're either, you know, I don't know. And maybe maybe if you're the kind of person and you know who likes Hornswoggle versus Scott Steiner, and this is not meant as a knock, then maybe you're into this aspect of WrestleMania too, where they do stuff like this. I have no use for this. 
And to me, it's just an indictment on how far they've allowed Braun Strowman to fall in the pecking order. Yeah, he's now just the guy that they just hope, you know, shows up in clips on Saturday Night Live when Colin Jost and Michael Che laugh about, you know, being at WrestleMania. So it's, hey, it's, could have, he could have been a big star, and, and yeah. they just didn't want that. I mean, I don't even think – this isn't even a situation where they failed to get him there. I just no, they, they, they really actively worked against it at, yeah. at, 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 at times. So, yeah, it's it's bizarre. Uh, and, yeah, I, I don't know if the rehab could ever happen. He is ice cold now, so uh, we'll see. But, anyway, that's who we have, and I'm sure a bunch of other geeks will be at this thing too. But, I don't know, I'm sure Braun will win again. And, like, I guess that could be his new gimmick because he just wins fucking, like, battle Royals all the time. Eventually, you know, and that then maybe it could build up to a big, you know, where he he, he rips the chain off of uh, Roman Reigns's. You know, it could be a little Andre the Giant thing here, but I I, I don't think that's what's going to happen there. Anyway, I'll move on here. AJ Styles versus Randy Orton, singles match, just two dudes, just two dudes having a fight. Yeah, yeah, two dudes who are feuding, having a match at WrestleMania, and I mean, I could be good. Yeah, yeah. Um, AJ has slipped without question over the last eighteen to twenty-four months. Not same wrestler you can tell me he's not been booked well you know with the nakamura stuff and the joe stuff which was very storyline heavy and you're not wrong but i'm still he and look he's still a very good wrestler but there's no question he's he his performances have slipped even with all that said and orton is a guy who he can peak high um but he also can settle in you know at a very mediocre level we all know that this match could be good and if i'm being optimistic um you know, I'll say that, you know, the, the ceiling here could be somewhere in the four, four and a quarter range if everything works out right. The time that they get, it's not overbooked um, and they just go out there and they have good chemistry and they have an exciting match. Um, do I think that'll happen? I mm, I, I can't say that I'm, I'm, I'm particularly, I, I can't sit here and tell you with any sort of confidence, but that that is the ceiling. Uh, Shane McMahon and The Miz in a false count anywhere match. We had another uh, stipulation to this one, which to me, like, I'm, I'm glad because it's like, it, of course, it was going to be a false count anywhere match because you need Shane McMahon to be in one of those things. But to me, the only problem with that is it now guarantees it's going to go like 25 minutes and, and nobody needs this match to go 25 minutes. But Shane's going to do an elbow through a table, I'm sure. So, yay. This goes into the category of stuff I just don't care about. I I have no use for Shane McMahon and never have. Um, the Miz as a baby face, I have no use for. You know, the, the go-home angle, I guess... What about maybe, the Miz is a badass, fighting everybody off and beating up guys left and right and fucking up Killian Dane? Yeah, I thought it yeah. was utterly ridiculous this week on SmackDown that he beat up, like, five security guards, Shelton Benjamin, one of the Colognes, I don't know which one it was. Um, then it was... Uh, all of Sanity. He beat up about ten men on SmackDown. And I'm sorry, even if Shane McMahon made a mama joke and disrespected his mother, I still can't buy that The Miz is going to... 12 up. people, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I can't buy it. I don't buy him as a baby face. I don't buy him as a tough guy. I just don't, and I never will. And I don't care about Shane McMahon. I don't care about Miz's dad. I don't care about Miz's mother. I don't care about Maurice. I don't care about Miz's kids. And I don't care about The Miz, to be completely honest with you. So none of this does anything for me. And it's a false count anywhere match. And I'm sure both guys, we know Shane will. I'm sure both guys will take a lot of risks. And I think it'll be crowd pleasing. I think the fans, because the fans are into this. Right. Yeah. It doesn't work for me, but th- there's going to be a lot of people in that crowd. They're going to love yes. it. So it's not for me. This, this is firmly in the category of a WWE thing that I will never care about. 
but is clearly over with their fan base. So more power to them. Absolutely. Uh, move on now to uh, Kurt Angle's retirement match here. Uh, still, as we're recording this, it's still Kurt Angle versus Baron Corbin. That's how Kurt Angle is going to go. I'd like to be a little bit more outraged by this, and I kind of was when it first got announced, but Kurt really can't do anything in the ring anymore, and he's kind of sloppy and weird uh, to the point where I don't know that. Like, I almost wonder if he would do more damage if he was in there with someone good, and maybe it's just a better idea for him to go in there with Baron Corbin, just fucking Olympic slam him, and then just pin him in five minutes or something. It's probably fine. Yeah, the thing with Baron Corbin is there'll be no expectations, and he could just go in there and beat him in two minutes. Right. Like I, I initially, I was like, "That sucks." as a farewell match, but I'm like, "Ah, Angle kind of sucks now, man." And like, you could tell he's hurt, and you could tell he's he's just not what he was. And and yeah, I don't want to go in with Joe and Angle. Like, you know what I mean? Like that would oh great, oh awesome, they've had great matches together, but they're not going to have a great match here because Angle's just not capable of doing it anymore. His body just can't do it anymore. So it's probably good it's Baron Corbin, so it'll just be quick and 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 hopefully painless. Yeah, you know, it, it, it's. I'm not all that worked up about it either. I just think it's funny that the idea was roundly fucking shit on by everyone, including Kurt Angle. Like nobody wants it to be Baron Corbin. Like literally no one except yeah. for Baron there's gotta be, yeah, there's gotta be one or two people. I, I'm assuming one <laughs> that really wants it to be that, but yeah, yeah it but is. it's just funny that the reaction was so negative that they're considering moving away from it. Right. As That's of this recording, it, it's still Kurt Angle, Baron Corbin. But uh, by the time some of you listen to this, it might have changed. So uh, who knows <laughs> where that's going to go. But uh, Kurt Angle, Baron Corbin, uh, move on here. Triple H versus Batista. No holds barred. And then needlessly, they added a retirement stipulation because, of course, you need to add a retirement stipulation that if uh, Triple H loses, he must retire as a wrestler. So why? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, mean, add that. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's There's enough look. on this show. Just go out and wrestle. <laughs> yeah, I, I look. People are excited about seeing Batista, and I'm not going to piss in people's cornflakes. I don't care about this match. Yeah, I, I think you and I talked about this on, on audio before. Never a Batista guy. He was a guy that I remember I went to a house show once, and like people were just going nuts for Batista. I'm like, really? I, I didn't. I didn't. I missed the boat on him. I either just wasn't watching when he got to his. I, I, for whatever reason, never a Batista guy. Never. At, but I know that there's people that we have on our staff that live and die by Batista. That's who their guy was when they grew up. He's not my guy, and I just. Yeah, I, I don't care about Batista, so I'm not really salivating about this. I don't care about Guardians of the Galaxy. I don't give a shit. Like, yeah, I, don't I don't like care. Triple H, yeah. and I don't like Batista, so I don't really care. I'm sure, they're, again, it's going to work for a lot of people in the building, a lot of people watching at home, but you and I are not one of those people. So I don't care about him. I don't care about his movies. I, I have no real opinion. on. I, I, don't, I don't hate Batista. I don't dislike Batista. I have no opinion on Batista. He can never wrestle again. It would no skin off my back. Couldn't care less. Um, I, he's everybody's woke bay too. That's you know people like him for that kind of stuff too. I just I don't know. I don't. I just don't care. I, I have no no emotion about this other than please Triple H don't go longer than twenty minutes, please. But we oh, all know. you're out of your goddamn mind if you don't think he's going forty two. Are you out of I, your mind? I know. I know. Are you out? Of, no holds barred, baby. They are brawling in that crowd. For twenty minutes, top. Did, I mean, did, yeah. did people see Triple H at uh, at uh, at Crown Jewel? Yeah. Did they uh-huh. see that match? I mean, it, you know, Selective. this is another guy who's winding it down quickly. All right, he's not very good anymore. Um, you know, they've got a lot of shortcuts they can take here by design for a guy who hasn't wrestled in forever, who also is like pushing fifty. Isn't Batista like? No, he's like shockingly old. Like you would never think because he, he kind of carries it well. And he came yeah. in; he was already like thirty-eight when he came in. He is Joe. Can you guess? Would you say forty-six, forty-seven, fifty? 50 oh, years 50. old, okay, 1969, January 18th, 1969. Yeah. So, I mean, he's a guy who takes care of himself. I mean, but you're still talking about a 50-year-old man who hasn't wrestled in forever. 
against a guy who the last time he wrestled looked looked awful and tore his triceps. <laughs> yes. So, so yeah. I mean, you know, they're going to need all of these shortcuts. And if this does get slotted for like 40 minutes and it's bad, this can be something that is just historically epically talked about as one of the worst things they've ever presented. I don't think I'm overdoing it. There. No, no. I mean, that Triple H uh, Roman Reigns one from a few WrestleManias ago was absolutely dear, like just fucking horrendous. And that went like whatever it went. It went 45 or whatever. And it was just like excruciatingly long. And this could be the same thing, too. If these guys don't, if they're smart, Triple H goes, yeah, dude, we don't need more than 10. You know, you're going to hit your, your the, the side, you know, you're going to hit your slam. I'm going to hit my pedigree. I'm going to pick like they, if they're smart, they do that. But I, you're out of your mind if you don't think this thing's going to go 40. So, yeah. And, and the crown jewel tag was. It was maybe the worst major league wrestling match of the year. Yeah, it was embarrassingly bad. Yeah. It was just awful. Yeah. Um, all right. Jesus Christ. <laughs> God, I was looking. I was, oh, man. Uh, Roman Reigns versus Drew McIntyre. We're, we're still like four matches away. So, Look, I, I'm not going to kill them on anything involving Reigns right now because it was all short notice and they had to get to something quickly. And I think putting them in there with Drew McIntyre isn't even close to the worst thing they could have done with the guy on short notice going into a WrestleMania. I think that these two guys can have a good match. Um, and that's what I'm hoping for. I hope they go in there and, and the chemistry is good. And it's, it could, this could be hard hitting and you know, it, it could listen. I think this is a dark horse for best match on the show. Really? Oh, that's if, interesting. Okay. If it delivers to its capabilities, I mean, cause Roman, when Roman's good, he's very good. And, if he has good chemistry with Drew McIntyre and it's a it's a hard hitting slugfest, I'm not listen. I called it a dark horse for the best. You see what I'm saying? It's like I'm not telling you, but I think this is a match that can sneak up on you. And yeah, I think it's the dark horse for for best match of the night. Yeah, I think the one thing that I'm, I'm a little down on is that I don't know that I'd want Drew taking like a a big visual pinfall from Roman, and you know that they're not having Roman lose here. No, so. Roman's winning, but does it fucking matter? Really? I mean, I got yeah, you know, yeah, I'm an idiot. Why am I even considering that? that would one, you're right. You're right. It doesn't matter. And number two, you're right. Thank you for getting me in check. I'm so cold on the idea of Drew McIntyre being a big star anyway that I I literally don't think it matters. Okay, that's fair. Like like I just don't see. Where, do you see it with him? Because I do not. There's times where I do, and then there's times where I don't. I'm I'm right now. I kind of do again because I think he's been pretty good in this build. But you could just as easily convince me that no, that he's going to be back to being bad again pretty quickly. So and, and not have it. So yeah, I'm, I'm I'm I switch on a weekly basis with Drew. So. Um, who knows with with him? But uh, move on to the next one here: a singles match for the WWE Championship. Uh, one of the most anticipated matches of this entire weekend: Daniel Bryan versus Kofi Kingston. It's finally going to happen after weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. The New Day uh, won a match, and Kofi is in for the WrestleMania main event. Presumably, not really the main event. Going to be like fourth in the top, probably, or the opener. But he's here. To me, there's only two possible outcomes here. Um. There's only two outcomes that they should consider. Number one, Kofi Kingston wins the title. I think this thing has so much momentum now that he almost has to win, right? That's that's how I feel about it. The other outcome is New Day turns on him. I think those are the only two. I don't think a hard-fought match-of-the-year contender where Daniel Bryan simply bests Kofi works in this spot. I think... If Kofi loses, I think New Day have to turn on him, and then that's the direction you could take Kofi. Because if you think if you're thinking to yourself, okay, Kofi's red hot right now. We stumbled upon this thing. We have to do the match. This is a money match now. But we really still don't think Kofi is a long term top guy. We can splinter him off into a feud with his boys 
to kind of get him out of the top picture. You see what I'm saying? Right. That's kind of your out. And that'll be a hot program and a hot feud and and you know something that'll hold people's attention. And then at the end of that, if Kofi's still mega over, then maybe you say to yourself, all right, maybe we're wrong. Maybe we do have to get him back in the top mix and we do have a new top guy. I'm not convinced he's a true top guy. I'm, this program's hot. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, a few weeks ago we talked about there have been guys who've gotten hot and you knew it wasn't a long-term thing. But, it, 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 you know, those to me are the only two outcomes that I see playing out in my head that would work or that would fit for the scenario and the situation. Um, the easy thing to do, though, is just have the guy win and give everybody that moment. Because you could always have Daniel Bryan win it right back. On the right, you can win it at the next paper, yeah, in, in the late April pay per view or whatever. Which it makes to me is is the scenario that I think is going to happen because I don't know that they're tone deaf enough to just have, as you said, Bryan beat him. Because that's the worst. That. That's the you worst scenario. You cannot do that scenario. That is bad. That is because it, it, it has just, all the wrong connotations. It has that Triple H Booker T connotation where yes. you know, well, and you, know, and that, you can't win titles. Pedigree one two three. Oh, I guess they don't. Okay, like and you're telling people Mr. McMahon was right all along that he wasn't good enough. Right, right. If he just loses a match, you can't do that finish. That finish is out. You can't do that. And I don't even, and I don't care how good the match is. It could be a match of the year contender that can't save that finish. He either wins or New Day turns on him. That's how I feel about it. Uh, then we move on to Ronda Rousey, Becky Lynch, and Charlotte Flair. This is our actually, you know what? No, fuck that. That's the main event. Brock Lesnar versus Seth Rollins. We'll talk about this match first. Uh, Universal Championship match. Uh, am I the only one that feels like super cold on this match? Like, I don't. I got no feel for this one whatsoever. I, I'm not feeling it. In my, I don't know if well, are you any different? Like I love Brock matches. I, I you know he always kind of delivers on these big shows, but man, I got no feel for this match. I'm not excited about this one whatsoever. No, this match is cold as fuck, and I you know it it's the t all of the TV time is going to the women's three way and Daniel Bryan, Kofi Kingston, and I feel like this is getting very little time in comparison, and as a result, it's cold. And that's what happens when you have a thousand matches and you're pushing three main events or four main events at once. One of them is going to get nudged to the side, and this is the one that got nudged to the side. Again, though, like I said about Roman and Drew, this is your dark horse for match of the night as well, I think, those two matches. I think everyone thinks the main event or Daniel Bryan versus Kofi Kingston are going to be, you know, th- those would probably be the favorites. I think this match and the Roman Reigns Drew McIntyre match. If you're just watching this show to see some wrestling, uh, those might be the two matches you turn to, which I think, you know, it's like, I think the main event and Kofi Bryan can both be dragged down by the storytelling and the, and, and, you know, overbooked and, and, you know, this one, I think it's just going to be Seth Rollins. Look, you're not going to have McMahon's involved, right? Cause their, their attention is occupied elsewhere. Triple H has a match, and the other McMahons are, you know, so that you might just get a match here. And I think that these two guys could probably have a really good match. So um, if it were me, Brock would win. I love Brock as the dominant champion. I know everybody disagrees with me. I don't care. I like me some Brock Lesnar, but I would not be wound up if Seth uh, does beat him here. I just think mm-hmm. as cold as the match is, do we really, I, I don't know. I, I'm not sure how much that. I don't know. I guess I have to see how it plays out in the building. But yeah, but I'm with you though. This has potential to be pretty damn good. I, I'm I'm cold on the story, but the match itself. I mean, these guys have pretty yeah. good chemistry together when they're in the ring. Uh, Seth's going to bump like a million bucks for for Brock. Brock's going to be Brock. Uh, I think it has a chance to really, really be good. And uh, when it's done, I mean, I can never really ever predict a Brock match. Like I would assume that he's going to lose this match, but 
it depends what Vince McMahon thinks a second before Brock Lesnar goes through the curtain. You know, I who knows? Well, here's the thing with Roman back. Do you think maybe they want Roman to be the one to finally (laughs) next year? I don't know, man. Who knows? I mean, I I, I expect the unexpected with Brock. Who knows? With the last series of matches they had, I think everyone was like, you can't do it again. We're fucking sick of it. But now that Roman has come back from the illness and all that, there's some more goodwill there. I think people would be more accepting of another Roman Brock match now, but he absolutely has to win that one. I mean, stop, please, please, for God's sakes, please. But, but, you know, now that we have that factor, that's why I could see Brock retaining because, you know, maybe they want Roman taking that title off of Brock instead of Seth taking it off. Right. And you're still going to get your feel good, too, even if Brock wins it and everyone's like, oh, God damn it. This match sucks or whatever. This show sucks or whatever. Then you're going to have your feel good, which is the main event here. Ronda Rousey uh, defending the uh, Raw Women's Championship against Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair. Uh, I guess the Charlotte title is also there because she won the SmackDown title on SmackDown. I don't know what the official word is quite yet with that and what's going on with there. But regardless, all we need to know is it's going to end with Becky Lynch pinning one of Charlotte or Ronda and, and holding up that title and everybody going nuts. So, uh, which is the right call and to me the only call, but we'll see what they end up doing. Yeah, I don't know. This whole thing is an overbooked, convoluted mess in my opinion. <laughs> it's so easy and they've made it so hard. I, you know, so that I, I said it weeks ago, it sucked all of my interest. Yeah, um, I don't care anymore. People are really upset about it, and I'm like, I don't know, man. Who cares? Like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> like, I mean, it's funny because Charlotte beat Asuka and people melted down. And I was just like, I like I, I, I get why they melted down, but at the same time, it still surprised me a little because this is a company that puts all of their efforts into their biggest matches. So I'm not surprised at all that they would pull a move like that and put both of the titles in the match. And Asuka, to be honest, to me was an afterthought anyway. I didn't even, I never thought about her for even having her. They didn't either. <laughs> they didn't either, Joe. That's, I think the problem was they said, well, what the fuck do we put her in? We have no ideas. Fuck it, just have her lose the title, and then we don't have to book a, a SmackDown women's cha- title match on yeah. the show. Like, I, I truly mean, I believe that they looked at it and we were like, I don't know what to do with her. Fuck it. Charlotte, you beat her. Like, whatever. Like, because they want to ramp up that main event so much more where Becky looks like so dominant and so great and, and finally triumphs up overall or whatever. I think that's, like you said, they build it up all for the main event. Yeah, I agree. I'd be upset if I cared. But why do you still care? Why do you still give faith into you know this company to, to book certain people in certain ways? They don't care about Asuka. They've never cared about Asuka. She had the title because they forgot to have her lose the title. They had her lose the title now. That, you know, she's right back to whatever she was doing. And even when she won the title, she wasn't doing anything. She beat Becky and did fucking nothing that entire month. So, or the entire two months, really, until the build of Mania. So, yeah. who knows? I mean, I'll be honest. I could see why they made that decision. I, I understand it. Um, the thing about Asuka is, the other thing, too, and maybe why I'm not particularly wound up about it, I hand-waved Asuka a long time ago, based on the way that she's booked. She's not booked the way I want her booked. It never has been really on the main roster, very inconsistent. I mean, she won the Royal Rumble and for a while there was it, but I don't know. I haven't liked the way they've used her in a long time. So I'm not, I didn't get wound up about it. Um, I know that a lot of people, the idea being that, okay, it could have meant another women's match on the show. Yeah. But what's the difference if it's a cold match that no one cares about? I mean, you know, you, you really need Oscar versus Mandy Rose on the show that bad. I mean, that's going to make or break the show for you. Right, to me, I would have just not had a SmackDown women's title match on the show and just say whatever. No, there's not a SmackDown women's title match. But I get the optics of that, and maybe that's why they decided to went, go the route they did. So Yeah, I don't know. I like I don't want to see Asuka versus Mandy Rosa. Rosa. I don't <laughs> right. want that Whether, you know what I mean? It's, it's a bad match. I, I don't want matches for the sake of having matches if they're going to be matches that are just shit that I don't care about. So I don't know. Um, you know, I guess they're having a women's battle royal again. 
So I guess that's presumably, yeah, not officially announced quite yet, but probably. Yeah, so that's Oscar's fate, and yeah, I mean, you know, I best case scenario is Oscar's booked well and has a big time match, but you know, it, that 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 wasn't in the cards, and um, she got squeezed out this year, and they're just adding more fuel and heat to the main event, and I'm totally checked out on the story of the main event. I'll be there when the bell rings, and I'll hope to get a good match. My hope there is that it's just not overbooked. And that it's just an ass kicking match. It could yeah. be a really good match if the booking stays out of the way. But when has the booking stayed out of the way with this? Story? <laughs> I was going to say, it has not yet. So, you know, so maybe we'll this see. time it will. Yeah, maybe this time it will. But uh, hopefully the triumphant moment is just easy again. They've, they've t- done nothing easy in the story. They made everything hard. Uh, the easy play is obviously just Becky just beats Ronda or pins Ronda or whatever. But uh, I'm sure they have some convoluted, uh, weird, overbooked way to do it. So they shouldn't the best, because the it's case, easy. Yeah, the best case scenario is Becky wins the title and it's the best match on the show. Yeah. Can they get all of that simple shit, right? I- <laughs> it's very difficult, I know. Because uh, who could forget when, uh, you know, Oliver Humperdinck had to run in to help Hulk Hogan. You know, he had to have, you know, 15 people run in to help Hulk Hogan finally beat Andre the Giant at, at Mania 3. You know, you Oliver gotta- Humperdinck. I was, just, the- I was just trying to think of a fucking manager. I was just trying to think yeah. of something convoluted and random. Yeah. That's essentially what this thing is, Ben. Like, if, if yeah. I had told you what this story, all the paths they went down for this story, uh, when it should have been Becky wins the Rumble, Ronda's the champion, Becky Ronda. <laughs> but, you know. Got to do your things and, and well, there you go. Story, we, so. we end we end this show with Sir Oliver Humperdinck, <laughs> right? As as we 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 should. So uh, that is it for uh, this episode of the flagship. Said a little slightly abbreviated episode, but you are going to get plenty of both Joe and I next week, uh, Monday or Tuesday. Look for the gigantic multi-part WrestleMania weekend preview podcast coming uh, Monday or Tuesday. It should be uploaded on this very feed. We'll do an intro where we talk about the whole series and what's going to be happening, and then we will go one by one for basically every single show uh, on the entire weekend. We'll we'll preview them. Uh, with different members of Voices of Wrestling, so it'll be uh, quite the fun uh, thing, and you'll have plenty of audio to get you ready for Mania Weekend, but uh, for tonight, we're going to sign off. So for Joe Lanza, I'm Rich Creech, we'll see you next time on the Voice Wrestling Flagship Podcast. Take care.